On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick are continuing their tour of the Mandalorian, specifically S2E5, which absolutely kicked Lekus. They'll discuss Mando world building before breaking down the Jedi episode in full. You know there will be a bit of Star Wars school thanks to this episode, so the dudes will be learning you all once again. After that, they'll then try to predict what will happen next in the Mando, before going over some insights from Dave Filoni, Rosario Dawson, and a hairdresser. Yes, a hairdresser. So tune in to find out what was revealed. Of course, they'll wrap with this week's fan segment and question responses before gushing about the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue the music. Everybody, welcome back to this week's version of what we like to call the Star Wars Time Show. One of these days, that transition from the intro to the hey now will be a bit smoother, but I would not uh, keep tabs on that because one day could mean 10 years from now. You know what I mean? It just, uh, my fingers aren't quick enough. The hotkeys get stuck sometimes. And let's face it, we are not professionals. All right, we've established this at this point in time. He's a little bit less dumb than I am, but together our IQ still does not total 100, <laughs> okay? So you get what you get on the Star Wars Time Show, but typically that means you're going to get some fantastic, in-depth, nerdy discussions on the Star Wars. And these days, really, we should just call it the Mandalorians because that's all we talk about, and that's fucking fantastic. Oops, excuse me. I wasn't supposed to swear as much this episode. We got some feedback. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't, I don't know I where know I read this, this, Nick. But they're like, they're like, man, we love you guys. But could you just tone down the swearing sometimes? I was like, well, that's me. Who said that? I I, I think it was Plastic Kinetic, one of the one of the IG uh, followers. But uh, and I I I do I understand that because there's times when I'm listening to the show doing the edit or just Wednesdays, I try to listen to a, a bit of the show to make sure that we do suck as bad as I think we do. And we, <laughs> we typically hold up to that. Uh, it's never anything that's mind blowing or something that compels me to keep uh, the Star Wars time show playing. But I do listen to it sometimes. And I'm like, oh, ah, oh, ah, okay. <laughs> I guess I didn't have to be like F, 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 S, F, F, fuck, fuck, fuck. You know what I mean? Sometimes it loses its shock value if I use it too much. So I'm going to try to get better, but don't count on it. I struggle even trying not to swear when I'm, I, when I'm delivering lectures uh, in my real job or when I did deliver lectures when we are allowed to be face-to-face with other humans. So uh, it's, just, it's built into me. I was a good kid, Nick. I really was a good kid. Didn't give my parents any shit, but the one thing I struggled with was my mouth. <laughs> First grade, right to the pre- uh, principal's office. I was running around saying white weenie and other weird <laughs> shit, like twisting your tongue, like apple, apple. No, I'm saying apple, like all that oh, stupid man. shit. So, <laughs> but outside of that, I didn't kill anybody, didn't steal anything too big, uh, didn't flunk out. So I, I still think my parents uh, owe me more. Uh, they owe me more. I mean, not only did they give me life 
and a college education, uh, but I do still think they owe me for how excellent I was as a young child and now as a 40-year-old child. Huh. All right, dude. So we're back, you know, coming off of a holiday, which was nice. It, it probably wasn't a typical holiday for most people. What up, Masso? What up, Greggy boy? What up, Big Amish? Those are our live streamers joining up. Sorry about that, non-live streamers. But I'm not sorry. You should be here with us. Why not? It's more fun when we do it live, right, Nick? Yeah. As, as Bill would say. Uh, fuck it. I'll do it live, right? <laughs> um, but, you know... We had Thanksgiving here in the States. Hopefully people weren't traveling too much. I, I doubt that was the case because this is America and we're full of a bunch of fucking selfish idiots uh, that think uh, suffering and oppression is wearing a mask over your face in public. But I digress. I had a decent Thanksgiving. Um, fucking wife is doing a bathroom remodel during the holiday and the pandemic. So that was a little itchy last week, but uh, I got over it and we're not dead yet. Uh, but really, I haven't gotten into much, man, in between just watching that episode of The Mandalorian last Friday, bright and early, The Jedi. I mean, that was pretty fantastic. Uh, I told Nick this, and I'll tell the rest of you. I, I, I really think at this point that Sony juked us all on the uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. <laughs> I know, you know, Insomniac's like, it's not, it's not DLC, it's not an add-on. That, that's a crock of shit. I completed the campaign this weekend. I'd say it might be what, Nick? Eight to ten hours is yeah, what I told what, that's you. That's what you said was about ten hours. So it, it's it's a shame. I mean, it's, it's it's one of those things where the game itself was probably not built and intended to be a DLC, but it wasn't. It's also why it was cheaper than regular PS5 releases, right? Like it wasn't. Yeah, but they still charged the the you know the fifty nine ninety nine for yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't hit you with the sixty nine ninety nine though. They're, okay, well, thank you, Sony like, and Insomniac. Like Godfall but... did, and I will say that Godfall <laughs> has essentially become a shelf sitter for me. Like I, I don't know how gotcha. much more I'm going to play it. It just doesn't gotcha. have any enjoyable content in it aside from like the first two hours you play of button mashing and you realize like oh this is what the combat is that's basically all the game is i will say that th and this isn't necessarily the perfect comparison but if you if you played skyrim and all you did were the like the campaign the main campaign missions to finish the game that game that right. that mission was only about eight hours long but I, I got you on that. I got you on yeah. that. But it, Spider Man, it doesn't really even have side quests like yeah. Skyrim excelled at. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could pull up your phone and you help the neighborhood, but that's just you know, stop a crime, save a cat, like literally chase cats, chase pigeons, this, that, and the other thing. There, there, there's no like s story added to these side quests outside of one, uh, and then the rest is just really challenges. Yeah. You know, how fast can you zip through the city or jump here or do that? And it's like, fuck that shit. Yeah. I mean, if I was back in my achievement or trophy hunting days, maybe. Uh, but ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. I mean, I these days, my, my, my PS5 has been kind of come and go. I play it every now and then. Mostly when I do play it, I've just been playing Ghost of Tsushima. I, I, I'm going to continue to play Valhalla eventually. But to me. Ghost of Tsushima has just killed it's, any enjoyable shit, content dude. from Assassin's Creed anymore because you right. basically took the property of Ubisoft and you're like, okay, well, you created this entire, you know, not really genre, but you've you kind of created this type of game 
But what I'm going to do is take it and make it 10 times better. And right. now whenever like I play make the Valhalla, combat great, make the story decent, yeah. make the characters interesting, make the side shit fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you on Valhalla. I mean, I've moved on to because I, I did pay for it and that, it was one of the big ones. I want to try to get something out of it. So I'm just yeah. really sticking to the story. Uh, but but Nick's right. And I feel bad that he didn't complete Ghost before that game, because I think that one will now become a shelf sitter, too, due to Nick uh, kind of squandering his time with uh, Ghost before <laughs> AC came out. Yeah. But I mean, Valhalla, just, just something's missing from it. I, I still contend the combat is is brain dead. Uh, the, the difficulty spikes are insane. I'm talking, I could raid one town and go through and just maul everybody without taking any damage. The next town I raid one hits like one hit kills and there are no checkpoints and raids. So you have to restart the whole freaking thing. Uh, and, and my brain doesn't tolerate that shit too well. I mean, there there are reasons why I put knives through tables (laughs) and stuff yeah. like that i i'm not chemically balanced up top See, yeah, so th- I'm, I'm glad that i didn't pay the full dealio for assassin's creed because now what i do is i basically look for games that are like ps4 disc edition but have the free ps5 upgrade so like watchdogs legion i got for 50 percent off because it's the ps4 version but every ps4 disc version you get the ps5 version for free so, and that's the same way I got Assassin's Creed. I only paid $30 for Assassin's Creed. So I don't feel like I paid full price for this game, so I have to give it my full attention. Yeah, that that, that was a good get. It's, while we're talking about ghosts, and we've talked about this before on the show, but uh, Lord Sakai, Jin Sakai, the action figure, is finally up for pre-order. I know this is a Star Wars <laughs> show, Greg. Hold your time. We'll get there, buddy. Sometimes Greg, go watch like KRT. Shoot shit. All right. Greg sent me a message about KRT like a few last week, and I was like, I don't give a shit what KRT says. Go watch KRT. You know what? I, I think, you know, I know we have no influence, Nick, but I think through the force, people have gotten our message on KRT because if you go to leaks now on Reddit, <laughs> Corey got something in it today, but instantly people are like, oh, fuck them. This Daniel RPK sucks too. They're, <laughs> they're backing him. They miss more than they get, so poo-poo on krt so it sounds like they come to the light side of the force (laughs) yeah their 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 luster has worn off but right now on the live stream version if you watch the video after the fact i'm showing off the uh, jin sakai figma figure from good smile company uh and yeah this is star wars because again again star wars is based on samurai films in particular Kurosawa. I know sometimes I say Kurosawa. I don't know the proper pronunciation. Scion will have to help us out. But the, but this game is Kurosawa movies in action, where Star Wars is Kurosawa movies on film. In fact, the episode of the Mando we just watched was nothing but an homage to Star Wars's samurai roots. I mean, my yeah. God, did Filoni just put that on blast. Everything about Kaladin City was Asian architecture inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the magistrate, obviously, with her connections to Bruce Lee and martial arts. I mean, just, just fantastic shit. We will get there. But before we get there, we got some other things to talk about. But uh, for those of you that are collectors... Uh, and fans of Ghosts, which in my heart and mind at this point, Ghosts of Tsushima is a Star Wars property. Yeah. 
Okay. Just just throw it some makes no uh, sense. stormtrooper armor on the Mongols. <laughs> yes, it, it makes no sense, but it does. If you've played it, this game is what a Star Wars video game should be like. Uh, but he's up there now, uh, 115 from Big Bad. But if you go overseas to some of the Japanese retailers, you can get him a little cheaper. Um, I did throw down a pre-order on him, even though I'm trying to cleanse myself of all of the toy buying I've done in 2020. <laughs> Uh, it's it it's I think I've finally come to terms with it, Nick. Uh, seeing what the wife has done with the Funko Pops. Time to start. I mean, last night, bro, we sold one one single pop, eight hundred and fifty dollars. Jesus. <laughs> Total sales approaching twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. In two months. Yeah, dude, you just gotta un- like at this point. You just have to unload everything. I, I may not ha- I may not be able to read the Bitcoin tree leaves or tea leaves and no one to, to, to dump and pump that market. I'm sucking on my e-trade right now, but I'll tell you what, I, I know how to collect toys that other crazy people are going to spend a lot of money on a few years down the road. So uh, my ROI on Funko Pops is still just blowing even my own expectations because yeah. I 100% thought I was in a Beanie Baby uh, type of nightmare Matt's gonna with those things. have a new house soon, all paid for by Funko Pops. Well, it's what it's what Greg said when I was talking about the, the yes, the bathroom renovation is 100% Funko Pop paid for. We had to replace the fireplace, which homeowners, if you have one, you know it is not fucking cheap. Funko Pop paid for. I am rounding out my garage gym. Funko Pop paid for. So, sorry, Brian. Sorry talking shit to uh, the Lord of Funko. Uh, I still think newer ones and non-exclusives are a waste of money because there's oversaturation, but hot damn. Am I feeling good about myself and those pops? And this is not even touching my Star Wars ones, which I think are, will probably be worth $12,000 just themselves. Yeah. Uh, so thank you to other nutty collectors out there that are willing to spend ridiculous amounts of money to complete sets, uh, waves, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I speak your name. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, need to, I need to refocus, just get back to collecting so I actually enjoy collecting again. Because that's something I miss the most. I guess I'll just get into this right now. It's just the hobby, and we, we've talked about this in our Discord, so please join up if you like just stupid talk like this. And we got some new hay nows coming in here. Let me address them. We got Devin, our man, Super Scoundrel. Everyone check out his most recent fucking Mando real-ass paint. Yep. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, this guy is a fountain of creativity and excellence. Our boy Sir Dork showed up. Sean Forney. Liam's here. All right, we got the gang here. But anyways, Nick, what I was talking about. I need to get back to where when I actually buy something and it shows up, I'm happy to see it. And I don't get a sick feeling in my stomach like, fuck. More money spent, another figure to shoot, another figure that will just lay around. Like, that's not how this should be. I can remember... When I used to almost wait at the door for the UPS truck to show up to dump off a new toy shipment. Now it's like something, someone is coming to kick me in my yeah, balls. It's dread. Okay. Pure, pure dread. Right. That, that's no fun. That's fucked up. 
It's ruined not only the art of collecting for me, but the true art of taking stupid pictures of them. I don't want to do any of it right now. I don't want to buy toys. I don't want to look at toys I have coming to me. I don't want to take pictures of toys. And I think if I just remove the excess bullshit, get back to just collecting my pretty looking Star Wars stuff and things that are important to me, you know, like the Jin figure, Nick's probably sitting there like, hey, dummy, if you're talking about cutting down <laughs> on collecting, why the fuck are you buying a $100 Lord Sakai figure? Well, that goes back to the collecting thing. Nick, back in the day, getting that figure would have meant something to me. It, it, it's a way to remember something that made you happy in life. Uh, it's similar to how we've talked about how music can rekindle emotions in you after you hear it. I mean, in fact, to this day, like at this point, the Mandalorian theme song gets me emotional. It, it, it's up there. It's up there with John Williams shit that starts to get me a little sappy when I hear it. Uh, but uh, collecting used to do that for me, too. And I fucking miss it. I, I, I want to appreciate the stuff I spend my money on. And I want to have happy thoughts about why I spent my money on that shit. I don't want to sit there and be like. I have $1,000 minimum of figures laying around, and some of them have been here for almost a year. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but I, I mean, at this point, I think the money would, would, <laughs> would benefit you more than the pile. But yeah, I mean, I get it. You, you want that sentimentality, that feeling of, you know, right. what, what it was like when, when uh, Jin Sakai was still a new character Ne uh, new character to you uh but you know i mean I, I me personally i don't really like you see like people like point to this shit behind me no, and they're no. like look nick has figures too all of those up there like all of these firefly figures up here i used to have a, a loot crate subscription to the firefly yeah, probably stole them from somebody and then i but then at, at a certain point i was like all i'm getting is junk it's just like it's not <laughs> worth having so like Yes, while these shelves look kind of full, you're probably not right. going to see many things added to them. Th yeah, the that's time. it. That's it. It's not like, I mean, look at my fucking space. Y you would think a, a, a 10 year old lives down here. Yeah. Like, the <laughs> I mean, if you're on the live stream, look at my shitty man cave. Every bit of the wall is covered in Star Wars art or posters. I've got my man Grogu, Grow fucking goo, sitting right here. I got an incinerator trooper Barbie sitting back there. I got Dagobah Customs fucking Smuggler's Retreat hanging out. Guess what? Neo's on top of it, and so is Batman, because why not? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, the, the, It's crazy. The only thing that may be added is I still have a box of stuff to go through from my parents that, uh, you know, they shipped them over to us. Uh, so once I go through that, there may be some more things to throw up on the shelf. But honestly, that's about it. Unless I get like a new lightsaber, which you can see some of my lightsabers over here. That one right by my finger is the Kylo Ren Black Series from Disney Parks. And then the one right next to it, that one is my Disney Park saber from Savvy's Workshop. After that, like there is a off screen. You can't see it, but there is a, a, a Skywalker family blade that came with the Jedi Knight or Jedi Challenges ar game that i never played and then i also have a custom build saver but you know what that was when i had a lot of money to spend a lot of money to blow right now i don't so there's not a lot of collectibles right. coming in i basically get one purchase per month after i get my pay check 
in for my my contracting work i get like one personal purchase per month and this month i'm trying to make it a video card for my computer so i can continue to play uh newer games on this system yeah. that i have nick just play on a console that way you don't have to fucking keep patching and upgrading the pc no no console i mean like i have an xbox right now i'm i'm on my xbox right now <laughs> like gotcha. i just don't like uh controllers yeah, i don't know it, it, I don't, it's it's like i'm i'm, I'm tra- i think a lot of this anxiety is coming from the fact that and you guys are going to roll your eyes because you know how much money I, I dump in the pre-orders. But I mean, their, their pre-orders are on payment plans. So it's not like I'm getting hit with the 5K bill right in my face. And that's all I've been seeing right now. So I, I'm, I'm panicking a little bit. Like there's a little too much uh, cash flow in and out of the Haywood household right now. And they're all good problems to have. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not some fucking shithead elite. I mean, look at my shitty basement. There's holes in the ceilings. I luckily still have a job and so is the wife and we haven't gotten the, the HIV yet, but uh, you know, I, I'm a human and I'm a fucked up human and I, I get worked up over this shit. I, mean, I woke up today like, fuck, I better cancel some pre-orders. This shit's getting crazy. I missed a damn Popeye dual set pre-order cancels. Like what? I love Popeye and Brutus and think the figures look excellent. Do I need them? Do I really need them? No. No, I bought them because other people take really cool pictures of them. And I'm like, well, that looks like fun. I'd want to do it too. But then they show up. I'm like, why the fuck did I buy them? What am I going to do with these now? (laughs) Why? Like my account is so Star Wars centric. If I post anything non-Star Wars, it's it's just dead. So it's like, what, what am I even doing there? All right, that's enough therapy for today. We'll move on. I can tell the uh, the peanut gallery's getting a little upset. <laughs> uh, hey there, Tones. Tones joined up. There How's it going? Well, and yes, this shirt is excellent. Again, from our buddy Action Figure Snaps. And I figured it would have been a timely shirt to wear considering what we're going to dedicate a lot of time talking about today. And that is a character from the Clone Wars. But before we get there, my friends, we got... Um, I just sad, but uh, all too common news in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and that's the fact that over the weekend, David Prowse passed away. And when, when I, when I heard that, uh, I'm not like one of these people when celebrities die, it affects me. It really doesn't. I mean, celebrities, they're fucking people. Yes. He played Darth Vader. Amen. Right. I mean, amen. one of my favorite, if not my favorite star Wars characters, uh, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, my God, my life, it's 2020, blah, blah, people fucking die. What bums me out is that the man died from COVID. Yeah. Okay, either either he fucked up or someone fucked up and, and got him bit. And within two weeks, he was gone. So not only did you have a man suffering from Alzheimer's in his later years, I mean, he was 85. He, he led a good life. I'm not going to feel uh, too, too sad for someone that makes it to 85. Uh, but dude, dude had Alzheimer's and dude died of COVID. So he died alone with nobody, no family. He's not going to have a funeral. This is the shit. This is why all you fucking selfish assholes that don't believe in science and, you know, you feel oppressed over a piece of cloth on your face can go eat big bags of dicks. All right. Yeah, it's super sad. And, and who knows? Maybe, maybe David got it himself. I mean, I doubt it. If he had Alzheimer's, like, I don't know what his living situation was. Yeah, he was probably locked up. Yeah. I'm sure a family member or something fucked him. Yeah, I mean, it, and if he was, like, I imagine that there's no way that he was in a home given his, his you know, 
status and probably just the amount of money that he had. Um, he he probably got it from like a sitter that was with him because usually people yeah, it with just, Alzheimer's it, it, it have sucks. sitters. Or, it, you know, it's it, it's unfortunate. And like I said, I mean, people at his age, it's like, okay, they, they, they've led a good life, but there are a lot of people <laughs> expiring sooner rather than later because of this bullshit yeah. uh, that, that we'll never, at this point, it's never getting under control. We're all fucked. Vaccines. We got enough idiots that won't take it. So who cares? But, uh, you know, I, 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 you gotta love David for, for who he brought to life. Yeah. Um, there, he is Darth Vader. Yes, he didn't. The voice wasn't there, uh, but he did deliver every line on set. You know, they didn't have James just sitting there going, uh, you know, mimicking him. I mean, David was the actor with Mark, with Alec, uh, with Ian. Yeah, I mean, delivering the lines. I mean, it it looks and sounds ridiculous. Like There are clips out there of an an undubbed uh, David Prowse in the Vader costume delivering his lines. And it sounds silly because he's speaking with a British accent and it just, you know, we're all so ingrained to have, uh, James's voice as that black mask, but it is funny to see. But I mean, again, David was the physical actor behind that suit. He's the one that brought the imposing aspect of the character to life on the screen. And of course we all love him for it. It's just, it's just a fucking bummer. Uh, that, you know, we, we lose someone else probably earlier than later, like I said. But you know what? Maybe he was glad because I don't know what it's like to have Alzheimer's directly. I'm sure they know they're fucked up and I'm sure it's nothing they want to live with. So, you know, maybe maybe this was a godsend. But, uh, you know, it is a bummer when someone from the core original trilogy family dies out. And I, I don't know if you've seen it, Nick, but there's a graphic going around um, someone must have shot it back in the in the early eighties, seventies. But it was it's Peter, Kenny, Harrison, Carrie, Mark, and David. Yeah, I mean, and someone someone has all the dead ones like spirited yeah. out, and it's the only people left are Harrison and Mark. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're getting up to the age now where these, you know, like Harrison and Mark are both in their upper 70s early 70s i mean it's just it's the time in your lives when your legends from the 80s start to pass away i mean it's been 40 you know this year was esb 40th and that you know it's just one of those things that us as star wars fans are gonna have to you know brace ourselves for in you know the the near future you know mark and harrison's passing and you know hopefully it's not anytime soon because those are two incredible people. And, you know, we yeah, Greg's right. Greg, I forgot. I'm sorry. Anthony Daniels was, was still in that yeah, picture Anthony's too. We alive. can't, we were, we were not killing out. <laughs> we're not killing off goldenrod yet. Yeah. So, so thanks. But yeah. Greg. You just gotta, it's just one of those things you have to prepare yourself for because it's going <laughs> to, I mean, it's going to hit hard. I mean, we, we all know of course. That, that Harrison and Mark are still working too. And then Anthony's, I, I mean, it's a goddamn miracle. Harrison Ford is still alive. Yeah. He's like, uh, I'm not saying like not nice. I mean, the guy is essentially a a real life daredevil because whenever he takes flight, he's crashing. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's 78. So Harrison was born in 1942. So he's going to be 80 in 2022. But yeah, I mean, he still flies. He still works. Like he's, he's getting ready to film the, the, uh, Indiana Jones five movie whenever they can start. Yeah, supposedly, I, I don't know what the hell that could be about, but yeah. I take I'll take yeah. it. I'll take anything. I don't I don't give a shit. 
Uh, the only thing I don't want is is COVID. So yeah, I mean it, it's it's a bummer all around. Uh, the man behind the mask has passed on, uh, and really the 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 toy photographer community, the Star Wars art community, obviously saluted this uh, quite well. Lots of great tributes. So I think it was it was either all day Sunday or Saturday or even Monday. Uh, the, the features I had were definitely geared towards uh, shots of Vader to uh, memorialize. Uh, Mr. David Prowse. Yeah. So, ah, live long and prosper as they say. Oh, what? Wrong, wrong one. Wrong, wrong <laughs> sci fi. May the force be with you always. All right. So, we'll get the sad shit out of the way, but it's a bummer. Don't be an asshole. Wear your mask when you go outside, you sons of bitches. Can anyone tell that I have been researching gym equipment th- this week? I mean, all my ads are nothing but rogue fitness. All right, Nicky boy, let's get into that Mando talk. And boy, do we have uh, lots yeah, of it. The whole show from here uh, on Hey, Greg, out. why the hell did you hide Adrian Belger's message? I didn't hide anything. I said oh, Greg. Greg. Are you, is your name Greg? Greg, if you're going to be a dickhead mod, you're going to lose your wrench. All right? Whoa, there we go. Right, I, I, what's the deleted? I can, I can view the deleted message because I'm the overlord. It was just a wave. Hey, Greg, what the hell is your problem? <laughs> you dope. <laughs> it is early over there, so maybe, maybe he hasn't had his, his coffee yet. But uh, un, un, unscrew Adrian. Let him back in the chat. Like I said, he's the one that gets these excellent shirts. Hit him up. He'll sell them to you, okay? Uh, just don't use Greg as your middleman because he will whack Adrian, and you won't even know that he exists anymore. <laughs> uh, but but let's get into this. Uh, hey, we got some some. Oh, look at this! The uh, illustrious Jason Yang showed up to the live stream at work, more or less. He will be uh, featured later in the show. That's right. That's right. One six shooter has showed he will up. Also be featured later in the show. Look at this. They they do come if we put them in the top five. <laughs> that, that's the ticket with these guys. We get it. We get it. <laughs> Oh, there we go. All right, Adrian's back. Now, now you probably quit. All right, Nick, enough bumbling around here. Let's get into the Mando talk. Starting off with really the only chest thump I had this week. Uh, if you guys and girls thought you were going to get away with me being a boastful asshole, you were wrong. Uh, while I will admit that Nick and I pretty much missed across the board on our S2E5 predictions... Uh, I mean, outside of just the fact that Ahsoka showed up, but uh, anyone with a a brain that even sort of functions knew that was happening, but uh, we missed on all that. But surprisingly, because I am a Star Wars scholar and I read things all Star Wars, uh, thanks to this article from Mr. Giancarlo Esposito, who at this point, Nick, is the greatest source for Star Wars speculative information. Yeah. I mean, he just lays down the gamut and doesn't give a fuck, but he does it in such careful ways that I think he always has outs with the Lucasfilm legal department. Yeah, like he, he's way more subtle with his hinting than some people are. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, but, G- but yeah, Carlo let's uh, let's parse it out because the, the, the sole source of information from the actual cast for anything S2 related. Yeah, and he's he's actually paid off. I mean, a lot of stuff he said over the summer helped us to kind of form some of our predictions that have paid. Uh, and really, like I said, this this is going to be the chest stomping, so get ready for it. My greatness is about to be uh, expelled upon your ears or faces if you're watching. 
but let's just kind of go over some of the more interesting things that Mr. Esposito had to say about Gideon, The Mandalorian Season 2, and even beyond. Uh, all right, so here is Giancarlo on Gideon getting more screen time in Season 2. He says, it seems that way, but I have a feeling you'll see more of me next season. That's huge. We'll parse it out after I'm done here. More than likely, you're going to see a lot of Moff Gideon. I can't be sure of that, but it seems as though this iconic journey that they want you to feel it. I think you're going to start to see other storylines start to creep in. When we start to realize there's such a deep connection between the show's storylines and the rest of the galaxy and what's really happening. Maybe you'll get an inkling of what he wants. All right, so right there, Nick... He's kind of teasing that maybe we're not going to get as much getting as we thought in this season. Yeah. I mean, we're already halfway maybe, through it, more than halfway through right. it, and he's barely been in it. Which leads me to believe that we may be getting a, a gut-punching cliffhanger. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought after right. this episode concluded. Because both of us, you know, the last two episodes, I said after episode four that the baby was going to be gone. You said after episode five the baby was going to be gone. We we're both wrong. And at this point, that's kind of my feeling, too, is that we're going to end S2 on like this. He's gone and you have to wait to find out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so, man. And, and we'll get there, obviously, for our, our predictions coming up or when we're talking about the episode and based on what happened. But what Gene Giancarlo saying here and just as Nick said, will we have three episodes left? Yep. Six. Seven, I, I, I think we're not going to get Gideon until eight now. Yeah. And based on what we know, I, I, I don't I have a feeling we may end up on Tython and that's where everything's going to come to a head. But but we'll get there during the uh, good old uh, Mando breakdown. So that there's some interesting stuff there. Right. You know, he's also teasing that we may start to get more of what he's after. Is it just an, a, a bunch of super soldiers? Is it for himself? Is it for Palpatine? Is it for our boy that we just learned is now in this universe? All hail Dave. Um, okay, so next big quote. So here is Giancarlo on the potential of using M-count rich blood to make super soldiers. Well, in the galactic ballpark, that he's kind of saying, yeah, you're not too far yeah. off. I think we're all trying to figure out what does he really want. Somewhere in my brain, I hold out something and he has some kind of ethical consideration here. This is the mind of an actor. Yeah. When people flow out of control... And there are all these different moths who've been assigned different areas to be wardens of. Isn't there one person or someone that may have guidance over all of them? There are questions that are answered. It could be super soldiers. It could be that he wants to save the galaxy. Also, why does Moff Gideon know everything about what's going on everywhere? He has some kind of incredible intelligence source. So I always hold out that there may be an altruistic reason that he is taking control or trying to. Certainly, the child represents the possibility of a new humanity, of a new consciousness. Hmm. That's very interesting because, I mean, really in S1 prior to any revelations about Moff Gideon or now that we know, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn or anything like that, we assumed that the Imperial Remnant was kind of functioning in almost in like a like a wild west way like they weren't like you know the the remaining moths or whoever were running these 
these different factions weren't really communicating with each other. They were just kind of, they carved out right. their slice of the galaxy and they're like, they're, okay, they're warlords. Yeah. They're warlords. Yeah, we're just going to like, I, all I, all I care about is this and that's it. But now it, it does seem to be much more obvious that there is an end game in, in mind, especially when it comes to the child force sensitive blood, high M count blood. And there is an end game that they're trying to get to here. And we talked a right. lot about it last episode when we finally got the reveal of the M count and what we, you know, what they were trying to do with the child. And now with the inclusion of Thrawn from episode five, it really does bring more things into possibility, like more possibilities into the realm of potential reality. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, and in my estimation here is if Thrawn is back, which we know that he is in some capacity or he could potentially be back, Thrawn and, and Palpatine had an incredibly close relationship. If you've read the novels, the new ones, um, you know that. You know that those two were very closely linked to each other. And if we know anything about the potential of where... Thrawn was and where Exegol is, they were actually yep. probably pretty close. Yeah. You know, so right. we we still have questions abound about, you know, what happened to Ezra and Thrawn after they jumped into wild space and all this other shit. Oh, and don't worry, we have a topic to get yeah. knee deep in that, my friend. Dave, Dave threw a fucking grenade on, yeah. on that, that conversation. So, so. We'll, we'll get there. But I mean, I'm just going to throw out some speculation here. We, we know that the Exegol setup was basically already done, you know, before ROTJ even wrapped up. Exegol was up and running and ready for the eventuality of Palpatine's death. So in my opinion, what, what could happen here is that Thrawn makes Thrawn and Ezra make this jump to wild space or the, the unknown regions, thanks to the hyperspace whales. And then whatever happens in that interim period, somehow Thrawn is separated from Ezra or Thrawn and Ezra kind of go their own ways in some form or fashion. And before Thrawn makes his way back into the, you know, the core worlds, he somehow gets a beam from Palpatine from Exegol. And, and Palpatine tells him like, hey, people think I'm dead. I'm not. I, what, so what I need you to do is to, you know, reassume your position of power as this Grand Admiral, take control of the remnant empire that is out there, and, and this is what I need. Like, whether it be for me personally, or for the, you know, the making of the Sith Troopers, or for anything else, I need Force-sensitive blood. You put that out there, and let the, let the Imperial yeah, Remnant so know what, what I need. Here, here, and, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm with you there. I mean, we have a whole, whole bunch of things, but let me, let me talk about how great I am first. <laughs> so when I, when I read this, I actually threw some speculation here, and this was a few days before we learned that Thrawn was real. So here, here's, here's me just thinking out loud, doing my Star Wars thing. The interesting bits here to consider are his allusions to an intelligence source. Could it be Palpatine feeding him knowledge or his acolytes? Thrawn question mark boom I win again I am the best Star Wars speculator of all time based on little bits of information from Giancarlo Esposito right there you can see it do you guys see it I'll highlight it for you on the live stream Thrawn question mark boom 
Play the music. Come on. <laughs> I need like a cheer track or something, like an applause yeah, sign. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank Woo. you. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, most of our predictions for five sucked. Yeah, we were pretty off. Uh, but this one, I was quite happy with myself that I, I nailed this. So, yes, I'm still a genius. My record is unscathed. I'm batting a thousand on uh, shit that really makes no sense in life and brings me no value in life. But it makes me feel good about myself. So I, I had to have that little celebration. Uh, so here's uh, other things to think about, Nick. Could Thrawn and Gideon be warring factions? Is, is Thrawn trying to do his own thing with the remnant? Is Gideon trying to do his own thing? Maybe Gideon is a good guy. And he is. He knows what Thrawn and Palpatine are up to. And he's trying to uh, blunt that sword coming down. Who knows? I mean, that, that's what I mean. The way Jean Carlo weaves his words, yeah. you could interpret them a thousand different ways. But thankfully, because of me, I interpreted them correctly for the Thrawn call in the Mandalorian, so whoever's got those fucking trophies out there or medals with my name on it and picture engraved, <laughs> send them my way. I'm ready to hang them up. I'll put them up right behind me so people can see them on the live stream. <laughs> okay, so moving on with Jean Carlo. But I, you know, I got to do that now, guys. I mean, I got to let everyone know that I'm actually not that bad at Star Wars. No one gives a shit, but I do, so I got to bring it up. Okay, uh, so Giancarlo on incoming laser sword battles. We jumped right into, uh, sorry, blah, blah, blah. We jumped right in on this one. I train my attitude, and I'm a physical actor, so I do things to keep my body high and tight. He does. <laughs> and thank goodness I did, because as you will see in episodes to come, episodes plural, I have a certain physicality to exude. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we had heard prior to this that there was going to be at least one lightsaber, potentially lightsaber to darksaber showdown in this in this se uh, season. So um, apparently that's going to be in the last three, somewhere in the last three. And I, I think you're right. right. That, that is likely going to happen on Tython, and it's likely going to be either the seventh or eighth episode. I think six is going to be And the crazy thing at this point... I don't think it's going to be Ahsoka who he's fighting. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it potentially... That's the crazy point. I mean, we know that Ahsoka we, has no interest in going to Tython. If she did, she would have gone with him. Yeah, where, where's all the, like, angry Luke haters? Like, let, let's, let's get mad at Ahsoka because she didn't want to train the child. Yeah. Because, because she saw that he had an attachment. <laughs> like Anakin, the best of the Jedi, right? Another weak-minded Jedi right there. What's wrong with her? Why wouldn't she just go save the whole galaxy by herself? <laughs> That's what she would have done. <laughs> Fucking babies. Uh, her leku are too short. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, anyways, if you're on the live stream, don't read this sentence because that just kind of discounts my, my, uh, my win up above with Thrawn. So we'll just, I'm going to scroll right past <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> we're, we're skipping over that. <laughs> okay. On to the next. Yeah. Um, Kev, I, I think Kev's think of it. Kev's collectibles is back. A, a fantastic live stream commenter. Uh, welcome back. But he, he, he's kind of thinking where I'm at, like Thrawn and Gideon could be, uh, competing factions and we actually we we kind of knew this was going on because first and foremost all these officers moths whatever they're like the shittiest of shitty people in the star wars galaxy right i mean they're no different than than nazi generals the ss all that shit 
So did did they really think that when their their Hitler died, <laughs> that that his plan to keep things going in his name were, were, was was going to go off without a hitch, without without someone getting a little arrogant? And no, I want the power. Yeah. There's this vacuum. I'm going to be the one to fill this space. Um, and I think we, we we got to see a little bit of it in Star Wars Squadrons. In fact, during the campaign, there is a mission where. You know, the main Imperial that you're following goes to another Imperial officer's system. And the guy's like, hey, fuck you. I'm not helping you. You know, eat a dick. And she's like, all right. And lets his ship get blown up. So, I mean, the Empire is, it's a shit show. It always has been. So I, I definitely don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Thrawn and Gideon are having a pissing match right now. All right, so I, I think that's some good speculation there. Uh, last thing here on from Jean Carlo, and this is just him on the, the d- direction of the show, screen building, all that fun stuff. Um, so I'll tease the past. We are able to refer to the historical nature of mythology that has already been laid down in previous Star Wars incarnations. This particular incarnation allows us family members to really plant the seeds to realize a more cohesive world. So I love the fact that we're in such a futuristic show that throws back to the history and knowledge of what a warrior really is and where the line between good and evil sometimes gets blurred with desire. It allows me to dream really big and to realize that no matter what we want to do in life, if we have the aid of people and entities that share the same feelings, then there's hope again. So there's going to be a lot of battles and stormtroopers and all the dark troopers. Mm. Everyone will get involved. We're all in a fresh new place to bring it home. I'm so excited to be a part of the show that is the best there is. Woo! (laughs) Now, if that doesn't get your nipples hard as a Mandalorian or Star Wars fan, I don't know what will move you at this point in time. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's uh, we always knew that with this with this series that George, not George, uh, Dave was going to use the whole, you know, the whole body of Star Wars work that was available to him. And that's kind of what Gene Carlo's talking about here. Reaching back into previous incarnations of Star Wars, using the mythology, using the history. And we can see that like little by little in every episode that plays out through season two so far. You get these little things. You get you get Bo, you get Ahsoka, but even you know, Dark Troopers, Midichlorians, all these other things that were really kind of relegated to other properties have now made their way back into the Mandalorian through the storyline that's being told here. So, um, and, and, and also he's just right at the end, you know, it's the best show out there. It's the best, best show there is. So yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> that's, that's, it's, it's one of the best star Wars we have at this point. In time. Yeah. I mean, it's the only star Wars we have at this point. So I, I, I can't like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, it's hard to rank a, a series with films, but outside of the originals, Mando's right there for me at this point. Yeah. I mean, just two and a half seasons in, it's some of the, if not the greatest Star Wars story. To, and I'm being serious. Like, what George did is fucking amazing. I mean, the guy pulled all this stuff out of his ass. He invented an entire galaxy in his mind. But for the most part, the story beats were pretty thematic. You've seen them in other movies. Yeah. 
what they're doing in Mando now with, you know, pulling shit from novels, pulling from animated, hell, probably video games at this point. It just it, it's really tying his galaxy together, unlike it's ever been done before. Yeah. And I think that's why Mando stands above almost everything at this and point. It's 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 perfecting on what came before. And it. I think that if if George would have kept it, I think that that would have been his attention. You know, we could see the initial plan laid out. Like, okay, well, you know. We have the prequels. We have the original trilogy. He was eventually, I mean, maybe he would eventually made the sequels, but you can see with Clone Wars that he was intending to tie together these disparate trilogies into a cohesive unit with TV. We now, now we know that he essentially had 50 episodes of a television series that was based around the Imperial timeline already ready to go. So he was like, he, this is basically Disney and Lucasfilm executing on the plan that Lucas had to tie together everything through television. And it just, it couldn't happen for Lucas at the time because television was so dominated by big networks. You know, like he, he essentially would have had to go to Fox or ABC or CBS or one of these, these juggernaut television networks to say like, hey, I have a live action Star Wars show that I want to put on TV that is really important to the narrative storytelling for my universe right and they'd be like how much money you want he'd be like a hundred million a season they would have been like fuck you Well, they also would have been like is luke skywalker in it and he would be like no and they'd be like well i'm not interested like you're you're trying to tell me that you're gonna tell a star wars story without luke skywalker in it what's the point like and that i think you hit you hit the nail on the head right there the mando has been able to achieve excellence without cheating yeah right yeah there, there are no Skywalker mentions. Yes, it's set in the timeline, and I know some people think Luke's going to show up. I would, I would just squash Don't all that shit. Don't count on that. Unless, unless that is the... That would be the best-kept secret of all time, and you could legitimately only get one person to do it. And, to make- and we're actually getting a lot of SEO love on that one person, Sebastian yeah. Stan, because I did an article like a year ago on some boss logic art where he, you know, casts Sebastian as a young Luke. And yeah, there are there are similarities, but considering how fucking butthurt people got over live action Ahsoka's small leku and horns... You're telling me that these same people are going to tolerate a completely different human portraying the Luke Skywalker that everyone got so bent about that was ruined in The Last Jedi? The only other way, no way. That you could do it is you would bring back Mark and then you would RDJ him. Or you would, you, like, not RDJ, but you would, uh, who was the guy? The D-Age. Yeah, you, you would you would. But even D-age. then it would look stupid. I mean... It, They've gotten really damn good at yeah. it, especially in, in in the Marvel movies. So, but his voice is even different. Yeah, like uh, Hamill's voice is fundamentally different than it was when he was young yeah. Luke. Yeah, I mean, there, if you want to see characters like that, you have to be able to suspend your disbelief to a certain degree to be able to right. do it. Um, and I just don't think. And, that- and the other thing, not to be a dick, but. Old Mark Hamill isn't quite in the same physical shape as young Luke would have been either. So you can't, you'd almost have to de-age the entire body at that point. Why even have have Mark Hamill there? It would be more beneficial to you to just, um, you know, do what they did in Rogue One and just fucking build a full digital body double. (laughs) So Right. Yeah. They, they hired an actress that had Carrie's form and then just cut her head off and plopped on that thing. Yeah. 
I, I just I don't think that's going to happen. I, I really don't think this show is going to ever need to pull the old Skywalker out of the bag of tricks. Mm. It, it doesn't need it. No. If it's if it's going to uh, be yes, anybody, it makes a lot of sense. It's going to be the, the, Ezra. I do too. Ezra is the first thing that came to mind, especially after we got the Thrawn drop. It, it, it makes the most sense based on the way Ahsoka handled things in this episode. Uh, I mean, unless she has a complete change of heart, which she's not the type of character to be wishy-washy, right? Yeah. This is this is one Force user who has known her path in life from day one. She got fucked by the Order, but she's always known who she wants to be. Or at least she learned who she wanted to be during those three episodes that all of you said were the worst Clone Wars ever. But they were needed for Ahsoka to realize who she wants to be as a person in the Star Wars galaxy. And that is someone who may not be a Jedi on paper, but lives more like a Jedi than Jedi. And she's still doing that up into her 40s and 50s, as we saw in The Jedi. Uh, So, uh, I I don't know. I mean, having Luke Skywalker, I mean, at, at most, and I've said this over and over, at most, I think we get a mention like we got the Yoda name drop and maybe a musical theme. I, I, I do not think you will ever see Luke Skywalker on screen in The Mandalorian. No. no. I mean, if they did, that would be fucking wow. Like, that would be something. Honestly, like, I don't know why they would do it, but if they did do it, that would be the hugest reveal ever. For the for for the Star yeah, Wars, I, I'm not universe. I'm not going to sit here and say that I I hate the idea. I mean, it would be neat. I just I don't know how you pull it off with a fan base that is so fucking angry and meticulous about the tiniest of details. Yeah. You're telling me you're going to take a character that they wanted to burn Disney down over because of the way he was treated, the way he looked, this, that, and the other thing, and, and they're going to either de-age his ass and make it look wonky or use a completely different actor. It just, dude, here, here, here's one thing I will say about John, and, about John in particular. Now, th- this was never confirmed. This was all rumors, but essentially what, what came out around the time that The Mandalorian came out is that John was inspired to do this because of his disgust with what was happening with the sequel trilogy. He was like, I can't believe they're doing this to Star Wars. Like, you can go back and you can read this article. We, we posted it a while ago, over a year ago. Um, and he's like, this is disgusting. I'm going to do Star Wars right to make up for what's happening here. So I wouldn't, if, they, if that is really his mindset, if, if he is really that focused on like, I am going to do right by the fans, by the characters, by the story, I wouldn't put it past them to do it. Because that right. would be the the ultimate, like, not really fuck you because he's still working for Disney and Lucasfilm, but it would be the ultimate, like, you know, pushback into the face of... of it's a hero play. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's coming in. He's fucking Superman. And I'm going to say, if there's one place that it makes sense for Luke Skywalker to be during this timeline, it's Tython. Like... I, and and w- well, he's out going to various Jedi locations, Force locations, yeah. and if if you know your or if you went to Star Wars school when Nick threw up the post, or if you just researched Tython, I, like I didn't, it <laughs> is considered one of the earliest locations to house a Jedi temple. I, I mean, there, there's debate among the Wikipedia's and just random nerd lore like, if it was the earliest, even before Acto. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I'll who, give who the you hell the knows? skinny on it and old. Cam- 
canon because I told Matt, I was like, I, I really didn't put any of the old canon stuff on it. And if they if they even adapt a little bit of what was old canon into new canon Tython, it's the most important Jedi planet in the galaxy, bar none. So right. if there is a if there is one place for a Jedi like Luke Skywalker to show up in this show, it's Tython. Or a Jedi that disappeared yeah. and would almost cause more shock value, Ezra fucking Bridger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's going to be Rahul Cooley rolling in all all trolled up and ready to go like Nick does in our Discord. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, there, there's uh, a lot of... Now, I'm not stuff. biting on your Zero shit, Greg. I mean, the, the joke's old. The guy's, a, the guy's a moron. Like, people that watch Zero are... They're also morons. Like, they're brain dead. Like, th- these are the people that just like to be angry and hate shit, which seems to be, like, the, a new mode of operation for a lot of humans these days. Like, they just want to be fucking pissed all the time and hate Star Wars stuff or, or you know, dubbing Star Wars for whatever else. It, it's like a, 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 a default mode for people. Yeah, I don't know. Mike, Mike Zero is just whatever. I'm not talking myself into Luke Kung Fu. Watch your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> I, I'll go out on the limb. I will sit here and eat crow if Luke doesn't show up. I'm not that type of asshole. Yeah, I sit here and pound my chest when I get <laughs> speculation right. I'll I'll sit here and take a public flogging if Luke actually shows up on the show. I'm saying it ain't going to happen. There you go. I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah, no, I mean, he's not going to be in it. There's, there's no possible way. I, I just, at best, you get a hollow recording that they can doctor up easily. They could fix voices. They could, it could be all digital at that yeah. point. At best, that's what you get. Yeah. I do not think the Jedi that Grogu may reach out to, and how, is Grogu even going to reach for the Jedi? I mean, you can see he's, he's just as angry as old man Luke. He wants nothing to do with this shit. Nothing. He just wants to hang out with his dad and eat. That's it. Yeah. I mean, in the, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking Ezra or someone that we're not even fucking thinking yeah. about, like, like a random legends dudes, like they pull them out of the coffin, resurrect them. Here we yeah, go. I mean, the story itself is lending itself to Ezra. Like have, after having seen Ahsoka, Bo, mention of Thrawn, like this right. is all leading. Towards I mean, come on, Ezra. people. Can, can we not figure it out yet? Dave <laughs> is essentially taking his creations, his stories and playing with them in the real world. That's what is happening. Yeah. And it's the right fucking thing to do. It's why Mandalorian is excellent. And speaking of the Mandalorian, let's go ahead and get into that breakdown, dude, because we've, we've basically been doing it right here. Yeah. So it's that time, but boom for the Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5, a.k.a. The Jedi, Easter eggs, references, cameos, and best moments breakdown. Here we go. And boy, oh boy, was it a good episode. All right, oh, so we usually do kind of a quick review here. <laughs> yeah, that's covid <laughs> all right so first and foremost all you people upset about ahsoka's look go get a life all right we're going to talk about why she looks the way she did i'm ashamed that all of you don't just respect dave enough to understand that he would not let something happen that he thought was going to look wonky it was done for a reason get over it in terms of the overall episode, uh, Nick and I, we were kind of talking. I, I kind of agree with him. I don't know if it's the best yet, but it's, it's something. Like, it stood out as unique. Yeah. I, and I don't know. I, I think thematically, the way Dave chose to shoot it, as I said at, at the lead here, it's, it's the most Kurosawa-esque 
presentation of Star Wars we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, from, from the opening scene, really, to the final shot, that was a Star Wars samurai western. Yeah, that's as close to an actual Ghost of Tsushima episode of Star Wars as you're going to get. I mean, from the architecture to the you know the combats that we saw that we saw at the end and just all of the thematic elements around it were just very even like the design of the the imperial trooper armor had a very like samurai-esque feel to it so at least guys in the chat are thinking mace windu's gonna show up for grogu i i, I mean <laughs> Hey, who, if who Sam Jackson, like, like if he, if he is as intimidating as he was when he worked for George, it'll happen, right? Because yeah. he's like, hey, George, I want a fucking purple lightsaber. And he's like, you got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I mean, the episode was fantastic. How, how could it not be? I mean, it's going to be super memorable. Uh, the action was great. Obviously, seeing Rosario finally as the real, real life flesh and blood Ahsoka Tano was amazing. Getting the bonus of learning the child's name and it's Grogu, yeah. like such a strong fucking name. I know some of you younger people are mad because it sounds like Goku, but you know what? <laughs> Fuck off. Goku wasn't around, or I was old, too old for that type of shit. All I hear and see when I hear Grogu is Grogu, Grogu, Grogu. He's a hungry little guy, but he's got a powerful name. Um, and then obviously the, the, the stuff with Morgan Elsbeth, the Thrawn drop. It was, it was about what I expected from Mr. Filoni. I mean, he is the Star Wars Jesus at this point in time. Uh, it was it was very well done. I don't think you could have brought Ahsoka to life any better. You know, stop it with the Leku and the and the horn shit or whatever the horns are called. The Heku, the Leku and the Hekus or the Hekus and the Leku. Montrals. Montrals. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. Yeah. How about you? I mean, I know you said it's not your favorite, but you also weren't angry no, and no. calling it filler shit. No, no. I thought it was a great episode. I thought that... The introduction and the portrayal of Ahsoka was was really well executed by Rosario. Um, I thought that the story itself, um, like the story of the city itself, was um, pretty good. It was made all the more interesting once Thrawn's name was dropped. And really, that's kind of what what made this episode feel as as good as it did is because now, you know, Thrawn's here and then once and now if you're a good Star Wars fan and you've kept up with content as soon as you hear Thrawn you know that okay with Thrawn comes Ezra in some way yeah they have yeah. to I mean they have to and, and once we get to the Filoni interview where he just really throws a wrench into some shit I still believe they they're a tandem I mean they left the tandem they, they had to have come back at tandem unless one of them kicked the other out into space and they just float around <laughs> yeah. space with no fucking uh, equipment. Yeah, the, the only other option is that is that Thrawn's alive and Ezra's dead, which I doubt they would do. They, they're not going to kill Ezra Bridger off screen. No. Um, but this episode was really made special to me by all of those things, by the, the ties to the old content, the ties to the previous content. Ahsoka, you're, you get... Tython brought in. I told Matt that was one of my favorite things in the episode. When she said Tython, I was like, here we fucking go. 
Yeah, that's where Nick beats me. <laughs> I mean, I my little egg and reference alert meter went off on that. You know, anytime because I, I watched the first time I watch it, I always turn on closed captioning because that's you get names better that yep. way, and you can really focus on what they're saying. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean that that type of shit. That that's Nick's arena. I am the the speculative. Uh, fortune telling aspect of the Star Wars time show. Yeah, I, uh, Nick is the the uh, non canon lore master yeah. or the canon lore master from from Star Wars past. Yeah. So I mean that Thrawn, Ezra getting the baby. There was so much packed into this episode. Grogu. I love like it. There, there was just so much information packed right. into this episode that it was like it felt overwhelming at points while also feeling like like that like it wasn't. To me, this episode didn't feel as exciting as the Bo-Katan episode. I don't know why. I don't know. No, you're right. You are. You're. It, it's. I, I'm thinking how to express it, and you know that doesn't sound good either. But this episode was perfect. It really was perfect. But it didn't really have outside of you know the initial Ahsoka reveal and you know Grogu and the Thrawn. It is. It was more like, I don't want to say stealthy action because I thought the action was good, but it is. It's like it lacked excitement in, in another use of the word excitement. Yeah. I'm fumbling. I'm spinning out here. I don't know how to explain it because it was a perfect episode, yeah. it, but I know what Nick's saying. It, and it's like when you bring in all of the other things from this episode, like even... A, a, like a leak that we'll talk about a little bit later around Elsbeth potentially being a, a night sister or a Dathomirian survivor. Like there's so many different things. Like basically Dave said like, okay, this is my episode. I'm setting up this season and the next season with this one episode. Like I'm, I'm fitting in as much as I can. And while the action in it was, I would say, it wasn't as like in your face as the action was in the Bo-Katan episode and in the heiress, it was still well executed and it was still really fun to watch. I mean, seeing the same saber reveal from Ahsoka as she does in rebels when she pulls out her white blades, seeing the fight between Morgan Elsbeth and Ahsoka, even though it wasn't the most action packed fight, it was still very interesting. And then seeing that old West literal, like, you know, showdown style gunfight between uh, Din and I don't know the guy's name, the Lang Lang. Yeah. Like seeing that all this stuff play out was incredible. Like for, and then, I mean, on her Leku and her Montrails and stuff, like, did I notice it initially when I saw the episode? Yes, of course I did. It's a very, it's a very different look than the last time we saw Ahsoka. Did it bother me? I wouldn't say that, that that it bothered me to the point where I was like, why did you do that? Like, this is, I can't believe that you've ruined the character of Ahsoka or anything like that. Like, it was just a noticeable difference in the character design. And it makes complete sense that they had to do it for practical reasons. Right. Um, right. So, you know, it's, everyone it's, chill out. Th- those of you that are good at Photoshop, you're like, see, see how easy it was. Go yeah. fuck yourself. I mean, also, you... These guys, you, you don't Photoshop in live action, yeah, all mean, right? She wasn't going to wear a 50-pound fucking headset to play this yeah, character. I mean, could... I, I love those people. Like, see, I fixed it. Yeah, could they have CG'd no, it? No, there, there's a reason you're on Instagram doing <laughs> Photoshop and not working for Lucasfilm. Yeah, I mean, could they have CG'd fixed that. it? I'm sure they could have, but also... Then it would have looked stupid. You know, I don't, I don't see the reason behind it. But yes, it is something <laughs> that I noticed. Um... <laughs> 
I, and, and look for, again for something like that you could lore build off of it like if you simply did this and i explained it in my post on the whole thing it 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 could easily be explained by simply saying that corvus's environment which you can clearly tell is is not good like it it is not a a livable environment for long periods of time. You can tell it's it's green. Like everything there looks dank and and bad in terms of the environmental impact. You could just simply say that that Tagruda, Leku, and Montreal's react to environmental stimuli in different ways, and that Corvus's um, you know in, environment caused them to retract because they you know of whatever the air quality or something like that. Right. So it's not like. Or you could just say one's a cartoon and one's real life. Like if you tried to rent, like I think they've done this argument with could, Barbie dolls. Yes, you could go that if way. If there was a real life woman that looked like Barbie, she'd weigh like 80 pounds and have I E-tits. I'm just going to say this now. It, just, I don't it know doesn't line up. You know what I mean? My. Uh-oh, I'm losing yeah, Nick. I don't know if it's my internet or what, but I I think we've lost, lost Nick. Matt. Or Matt is very far Earth behind Earth to me. Nick. Earth to Nick. He's like cutting in and out. Can you can you guys hear me in the chat? Yeah, it's it's definitely a little in and out here. There he is. You're back. I don't know. I don't. I think it's my internet. Yeah, you you definitely stalled out, but that was good. Where at least didn't fully blow yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So it, you were <laughs> you were cutting in and out. I was cutting in and out. But you know what? That's the internet. Sometimes he's back, people. He's back. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, maybe maybe we were talking too fast. The the fucking bandwidth can't handle yeah. the KBs flowing through the fiber. Yeah. Here. <laughs> um, All right, so let, let's get down into the egg breakdown. I mean, I think we both just went in circles and circles trying to say that the episode was excellent, but it didn't feel like a what a wow, like punch you in the face type of deal. Yeah. Uh, so the eggs, I mean, a lot lots of great stuff here. I mean, obviously. Right from the get-go, if you just if you just look at some of the opening shots, you get the Kurosawa. It's like boom, done. And he continued it throughout the episode. Fantastic. I mean, some of the best cinematography uh, I think we've seen in Star Wars, or or artistic, if you will. Obviously, the reveal of Miss Tano. Uh, I was <laughs> I was. Were you surprised that they were just like, oh, you want Ahsoka? Here you yeah, go. Yeah, right up front. Like literally before even the opening Mandalorian uh, hero music. I was kind of surprised because I was like, oh, well, they'll, they'll reveal her later. Or it should be like a like a stealth drop after fucking Mando Yeah, I thought here. it was going to be, you know, late in the episode, but nope. nope. They're like, oh, Dave's like, oh, you guys want to see what my character looks like in, in the flesh? Here you go. She looks fucking awesome and she can kick ass. Uh, I just, I mean, I also felt like this scene kind of resembled Ben's romp through Mustafar at the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah. It, it, through, it was through a raised forest. You got a lot of trees getting cut down, blasters being reflected, force being thrown, people being cut in half. Um, I love that they're not afraid to, to have her actually kill people yeah. and kill them how people would die with lightsabers. All right. I mean, just, just. She chopped the shit out of people. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So, I mean, the, the the opening segment, like I said, even before the... Da, 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 it's like, all right, now the episode's starting. You get all this shit. I mean, Dave's just like, suck it! 
I am the best. I mean, look at this shot, which, by the way, has been remade by uh, a few of our fans now. Papa Palpatine nailed a remake of this. Uh, Black Series did a remake of this recently. Now I'm looking at the shot of when Ahsoka still has her hood up, trees scarred from a, a, a saber slash, but she's got both her sabers out there uh, kind of lighting up her way. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we finally found out who Michael Bean was playing. Yep. Just some random bozo named Lang. Yeah, not all of the the you know announced actors have to be somebody interesting or somebody from the past. Yeah, he was just, he's just a guy, yeah, and you know what? That that's awesome. I mean, I would I would like I said last week, I would I would donate a testicle to be the dude standing next to him in a fucking mask that no one even sees your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like fuck yeah! Uh, I will say that Michael Bean looks half dead. Uh, I don't know, like, if his life took a turn for the worse after his, you know, Aliens and, and Terminator success, but I think someone in our chat said he's only 64. I mean, wow. he's, he's looking rough. Looking rough. And I, I don't know about you all, but did you guys get Starkiller armor or Gaelic armor, Galen armor? From on Lang, like the upper part. Yeah, this wasn't is... there. I know there's a shot of of what is it, Galen Merrick? Yeah, Star Killer, mm-hmm. and it, his upper armor kind of looks like it that. Is it was a stretch, but I threw it. It out is there. kind of like that half chest piece plus the shoulder okay. pauldrons. Very similar, yeah. Uh, but we got um, we met Morgan Elsbeth, who was played by I think it's Diana Lee My... Ido Santo, yeah. and I know I fucked up the last name, but there's a lot of. Uh, martial arts and stunt choreography, fight choreography, fame in this actress. Uh, I believe she's the daughter of Bruce Lee's stunt guy. Uh, she's also Bruce's goddaughter. That's why she's Diana Lee, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that fighting, like, that's her. Yeah. I mean, that's why Dave hired this actress. She's got those martial arts skills. And I actually think she was a, a great just kind of bad guy for this episode i really i liked lang and morgan i thought they were a good magistrate and kind of security chief pairing for the town of caladan or the city of caladan and also just like what they put forth for her story so far like actually in the show not just from what the potential leak was like her having this link to thrawn because she was the uh you know one of the people that was uh i guess you would say built in or like in with the imperial navy construction yeah the, the way we got her story is and, the, and the, the reason corvus looked like shit is she's basically since the clone wars been harvesting planets for the imperial navy mm-hmm. which right there was it was a tip-off when we learned that she did stuff for the navy who's who's the grand admiral yep right that's him thrawn that so, guy i mean there's the your tie-in guy. right there you don't need to right. have it, any other kind of uh, and Kev keeps screaming it here. He must not look at the website. But yes, we do know she's from Dathomir. We'll be getting to that, my friend. She had the tattoo on her forehead and it was leaked from the hairdresser. And Nick informed me that the hairdresser has had to walk back her share a little bit. So you can pretty much guarantee that that was legit. She is the last daughter of Dathomir, uh, which doesn't mean she's a night sister or anything. It just it was a planet that got fucked up. By all the wars, by the by the Clone Wars, then the Imperial War, Uh, you kind of learn a lot of that in the Jedi Fallen Order game when you go to that planet and you meet that. I forget the one night sister Cal links up with. 
Uh, and like people have been saying in the chat, Cal is another option for Grogu, by the way. I mean, yeah, he, he definitely is. I think that would he be is, the, He's on the table. I mean, we, we his story hasn't been completed yet yeah. in the video game. You, you land, have a so long he's way on the table. between where, where you first meet him and then to, to the end of Mando. It's possible... I feel like he would be the weakest reveal <laughs> because I don't want Cal because I, I, I I've given my opinions on Cal. I mean, I, I like Monahan. I think he's a good actor. I, just, I do not like that character. I, he was milquetoast. I've said it before. He's just like, hey, I'm Cal. Hey, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm Cal. I think it just needs hey, I'm Cal. Uh, this is my robot BD. Hey, I'm Cal. <laughs> Yeah, I think if he had like uh, a, whoa, 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 a there, more Easter egg boy. robust story experience around him, like a show or a more narrative yeah, make him cool game. like make make him fucking cool yeah. visceral whatever the fuck the the studio is make him cool okay you, you, you had one chance he really wasn't that cool make him cool in in jedi fallen order too all right next egg and this was a big one i mean this is a a kind of a an episode long reference but the the child at the beginning was fawning over his shifter knob which at this point is a, a very important object in the Mandalorian, in particular between Grogu and Din. Mm-hmm. It is their bond. It represented their bond in season one. That, that little shifter knob is what caused Din to renege on his bounty hunter creed. That little knob. And it's also, as we saw in this episode, it is the connection that the two share. It's something Grogu can get up for. It's something that he can actually uh, let his force powers come back to the surface. Yep. So uh, I did. I like that callback. Uh, we get an 8D8 type droid here. He's the tor- torture bot in Jabba's uh, palace. Uh, the white guy there frying Gonk's feet. <laughs> Dick. Um, there's, I, I'm saying this is Morai. I don't give a shit. Anytime there's an owl-like creature in Ahsoka's vicinity, it's, it's the Morai. That was my thought as well like i mean it dude it was as soon as i saw that i was like here she comes and sure enough she fucking (laughs) uh sucker slashes din i mean good thank god he had his best car on or he would be armless (laughs) like literally armless or cut in half she doesn't even fucking take names anymore dude right yeah there was i mean she jumped at him cutting and slashing oh dude she doesn't fuck around no yeah she's like i don't know who you are <laughs> it literally took him to say bo katan sent me just like she told him to say yeah he's like whoa 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 <laughs> uh, i love that i love their first meeting but uh if you're not familiar with the, the owl and its importance with ahsoka i mean it all ties back to the father the daughter and the son of the force there is a specific episode, if not an episode arc, so, yeah. or multiple episodes in the Clone Wars, where Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi Wan interact with these characters, and the Morai, I believe, saves Ahsoka uh, and kind of becomes attached to her as a character. Uh, yeah, it's the daughter of the Force, mm-hmm. essentially. We've seen, we saw this bird at the very. It was one of the last shots of the Clone Wars when Vader looks up in the sky and sees that thing flying around again. That is the force letting him know that he's a piece of shit. He fucked his own life up, but his his apprentice is still out there. Yeah. Uh, so I 100% thought that that was not just an owl, yeah, that's the, but I mean, like, Mariah. yeah, I completely agree. There was no place an owl could live in that forest anyway. That was a pretty shitty forest. Um, obviously, learning the child's name, no longer Baby Yoda. And as Greg says, Greg, I'll give it to you. I think that could become your new nickname 
uh, Twinkle Tits wants to be called Gregu now, and I, I like it. So you should change uh, your I'll, Instagram I'll, name to that. You like <laughs> to a, few, a few months ago, Greg, or almost a year ago, Greg was like, "I want to change my name to not Star Wars Black Series 2019 since right. it's 2020." Yeah, do it. I, I think just Gregu, Gregu works. something, Gregu photography, Gregu pick pick man. But yeah, we 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 get the name, and I, I do dig it. Yeah. I'm not going to deny it is similar to Goku and all that shit, but like I said, I, I'm not into all that crap, so I could care less. There's there's only one Grogu to me, and that's this little 50-year-old pimp right here who we've learned, just like old angry Luke, is kind of doing the same shit with the Force. Um, he, he buries it, even though he's flashed it now and then. It's almost like he, he only uses it when he wants to eat. Or when he's, or Saving when Din's in life. danger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saving it's really not even his life. It's a lot of, like, it's the people he's around. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess the Mudhorn was getting ready to charge, but Din would have been there to eat some of it before uh, Grogu got hit. But yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I loved how the reveal went down. It, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that there was no communication. It was all communicating through the force between a former Jedi and a former Padawan yeah. that we learned. Yes, he was a Padawan. He was at the the big boy temple on Coruscant during the fall, and somehow he got out. I'm going to throw it out there now. I've seen it out there, and I'm kind of buying into it, but there's a good chance we may get some of this explained in the Bad Batch series. It's very possible, yeah. Think about when that series is supposed to take place. Think about some of the stories that could be told, and think about how Dave and John are heavily relying on the animated universe to open up the world in Mandalorian. Yeah, nice. So you, hear, you heard it here first. There will be a lot of chest thumping if I'm right. <laughs> um, I don't know what this egg is. A lot of times I look at the pictures, I forget. I, I think it's just when she was talking about Yoda, Yoda yeah. Coruscant. A lot of people lot are of good... pissy because she's like, oh, the only other creature I've seen look like this was Grandmaster Yoda. And she's everybody's like, what, what about Yaddle? Nobody fucking talks about Yaddle. I will say that you... Well, I mean... I'm not gonna. I if they were good Star Wars fans, she probably never did interact no. with Yaddle because Yaddle disappeared from the after movies episode. after the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Like she never showed up in Clones or Sith. Uh, did did Yaddle? Those of you in in the uh, peanut gallery, does Yaddle show up in the Clone Wars? I don't think she does. I don't think so either. Um, so again, Nick, that's just, it. Just goes back to Star Wars fans, gamers. They're <laughs> just the type of people that can never be content yeah. they can never be happy something always has to be wrong so they can bitch yeah. um yeah kev's thrown out there and i think i don't know if it was tones <laughs> this is hilarious or uh, <laughs> or baron's black series but jocasta knew could be the savior of grogu yeah th- this is hilarious this is yaddle's face i'm uh, not facebook star wars wiki page it says blah 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 you see yaddle you meet when you meet the elders it says after the battle of naboo Yaddle took a less active role in the Jedi Order's affairs and was no longer on the High Council by the time of Clone Wars. So basically, they're just like, yeah, for some reason, she just like, she just decided like, hey, I'm just going to go away. Nobody's ever going to see me again. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. She's done. There you go. So you never see Yaddle again. Yaddle was a mistake. That was George Lucas's great mistake. We're good. Ahsoka is good. I mean, yeah, you could argue that she might have been training at the temple on Coruscant during that time, but hey, maybe they didn't let her out of the training room, right? I mean, you never know what's going on at this Jedi temple now because we never saw fucking Grogu hanging out. Yeah, no, this is Uh, he. He didn't he he didn't get murdered like the rest of his friends. So you know, there's a lot of creative license in Star Wars people. 
Another egg here, obviously, the old let's train someone in, in the force by moving rocks motif. This was a big joke in The Last Jedi, but, you know, it, it's popped up in every trilogy at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think Anakin used rocks. He used food to feed his lady love, yeah. but uh, same type of shit, right? Um, Learning that Grogu, like Luke is hiding his force. I mean, I, I liked all these little lore nuggets that we got about yeah. Grogu. I mean, it's like, all right? that's the go-to because even, I can't remember her name now, but Ke- Kestis's, you know, uh, yep, friend. Yep, you're right. The mentor who was a Jedi. Yep. Seal? C? I can't remember. Slayer would ask, I think. Um, yeah, you're, you're dead on though. Dead on. Yeah, she was hiding her force abilities too. So, Right, they just did it. Like, I mean, you gotta understand... He is a baby, but he's still 50 at this point. So he was probably in his 20s when, when the Clone Wars went down. Yeah. Maybe a little like mid-20s, mid to late 20s. I don't know. You, you got to wonder what he knows and can do. Because clearly when he can communicate through the Force, he's a lot more um, verbose yeah. than when he coos and calls at Din. I do like when whenever Din says his name now, he's like, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. He looks yeah. up like, finally, Dick. It's like, He's like, now, now I can put the blue where the red one went. Yeah. Okay. You, Thank no. you. I just wanted you to say my name, you inconsiderate ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is the go to for Jedi. I mean, also, I mean, it's, you also have to realize that there are strong ties between basically Imperial era Star Wars, like late. Galactic Republic era Star Wars and Imperial era Star Wars to Nazi Germany. And like, if you are a Jew that survived, that was living in Nazi Germany, you hid the fact that you were a Jew. Right. Like you, you did everything you could to, to hide the fact that you were Jewish from the government, because if they found out they would kill you. And that's exactly what Jedi have to do. If they, if, if, if you are found out that you are a Jedi living during Imperial era, they will kill you. Yeah, you were you were hunted down. I mean, they were doing it all the way. Hell, they were still hunting Force users around the time of the original trilogy. If you get into the comics, mm-hmm. I mean, Daver, Daver, Daver. I like that Daver. Just shorten <laughs> it. Vader and Palpatine always had hard ons for wiping out Force yeah, users. Yeah, not even even their own kind. Yeah, I mean, come on. They're, they're I was going to say not even just Jedi or trained Jedi. <laughs> like they were yeah. wiping out anybody who showed Force sensitivity. Exactly. I mean, they they're trying to wipe each other out. Those fucking bozos. All right. Um. Obviously, Ahsoka was going to be a a fountain of references yep. and and interesting moments and. This is where we learn. She's like, fuck you. I'm not training this guy. I mean, she kind of pulled a Mace Windu, right? When, when Mace was interviewing Anakin, like it wasn't, it, she was worse than Mace. She's like, dude, this guy is attached to you. I know what happens to the best of us, Anakin Skywalker, yep. when attachments come into play, especially with people in the, a bond of love, yeah. right? So now we know it that Grogu is eventually going to cut off ahsoka's hand in a duel and then push her out of a window yes that's like how sweet would that be like <laughs> if that's why grogu isn't around by the force awakens because he breaks bad yeah and, and and has like an epic force duel and you know he dyes his face red <laughs> gets a little you know a little vader helmet yeah it could happen yeah it was good i mean i i, I loved i think rosario did a great great job oh, yeah. for this scene to, to just showcase on her face the pain that ahsoka still feels over anakin's betrayal and his fall yeah 
Yeah. Um, it just, it, it ties right back to that moment in, I think, episode 11 of S7E, uh, season seven of Clone Wars, where she literally feels it and hears him scream out, you know, what have I done? Yeah. And you can see it just breaks her. Mm-hmm. And it still, to this day, has fucked her up to the point where even with the decline in force users and, and good people trying to do good in this this really shitty galaxy, she's not even considering risking having another strong force user break bad. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't see that coming, Nick. I I, I thought it was going to be like, oh fuck yeah, you look like Yoda. Let's be friends. Dude, we we need more help. But she she's sticking e- to her every, guns. She knows what she knows. Fucking time this happens like every time like you said with mason episode one with yoda in episode five i'm not gonna train him he's too old blah 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 like they always deny the training up front they always say no with luke in in fucking ray in episode eight no i'm not gonna train you you're too old i can sense the darkness blah 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 all the other shit but then something happens right yeah and then something in like yeah something happens and they end up getting trained anyway I mean, that may break the mold here because I really don't think that this kid is going to get trained. One, well, there's nobody who can live long enough to train him properly to he, until he gets to a point to where he can function as a Yeah, human like how being. many hundreds of years does this species have to get to where they can actually talk basic? And walk and, without having like a weird wobble. <laughs> yeah, being, being carried like a little football. I mean, eventually... Uh, that, that's a good point. That is a good like point. Like, how, how, how the fuck... The only uh, thing that you could do is force training in no, the that, most that's minimal That's fucking sense. Star Wars science, man. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Nick's getting deep as fuck. Like, no, hear me out, guys. She technically can't train him because <laughs> Togrutas do not live for hundreds of years. And it, I, I would say it's a valid point. Yeah, I mean, like, for... For a Yoda species, he's still, he's literally a baby. He's 50, but he's a baby. <laughs> like, Yoda was 900 years old by the end of, of uh, ROTJ. And then if you go back, he's like in his prime in, in the High Republic, and he's 700. So, like, th- right. these motherfuckers take a long yeah, so you're time. You're thinking about, about two or three hundred years old, he might be able to wipe his own yeah, ass. Like is what you're saying. Two hundred years old, he's like getting into his like he's a hundred and fifty, and he's potty trained, and then he's yeah, like two fifty. Yeah. Now, now he's like around two hundred. He starts exploring his member and playing yeah. with himself. Like he, so, you he's got like, a hey, long daddy, wipe my ass before and you can even get to any meaningful training with this with this little guy. Like it's just not gonna take not gonna take a, a That is that is a very interesting take on why she rejected him. But I guess she does kind of leave an out, right? Because at the end she still holds her ground. Like, listen, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But she kind of leaves things open that this kid or Grogu could get trained or find another Let Jedi. Him choose his path. Exactly. So she she didn't completely cut him cut him off, and and uh, there's no doubt in my mind that we see Ahsoka Tano again in the Mandalorian. Uh, I would assume yeah. if there's going to be a lightsaber fight, and it's not Ezra or Luke, it would have to be Ahsoka or I guess Cal. Yeah, right? Cal is the only um, other one that we know. And, of. and I forgot who brought this up. I don't know if it was SW Props or someone in the live chat. There could be a fight now between Din and Gideon because Din does have a full Beskar spear. Yeah. 
And as we saw, Beskar can reject a lightsaber blade. Yeah, it could just be that straight so there, up there's fight that there. Too. We assume that it was going to be lightsaber to lightsaber. And that could still happen because like like uh, Gene Carlo said in the interview, multiple episodes of fighting episodes, for him. Episodes, right. So maybe he does so, I mean, have the, the, one with, with the There Beskar. could be a battle. I'll say this. I'll say the first battle is going to be Din and the Spear versus Gideon. Second one will be a Jedi. Yeah, Ezra. I just got to turn my heat off so I don't have a hum going on here in the background. All right. Uh, moving on here. It's good stuff. I mean, the episode was just loaded with excellent shit. Oh, yeah. uh, what, what else did she say to Din here? Uh, that was the first uh, mention of Tython. Yeah. That, that, nah, Tython was, was the at the very, at the very end, end, I thought. I, I just, I had too many images for just that whole scene of her and talking about Anakin and all that good stuff. I mean, it, it was good. Uh, here, these these HK eighty seven droids are one hundred percent based off of Macquarie sketch. Yep. Uh, I also threw them in there because of the HK assassin droid designation. 47. We all know our meatbag loving friend HK forty seven from Kotor, who is in Swago as well, yep. and I, I use them on my Darth Raven squad. Uh, but something I found out after the fact: if you look at the sides of those assassin droids' helmet, they have Thrawn's with seventh fleet insignia on them. Oh, shit. I can't. Uh, we can't see in this image. This is yeah. something I found. Okay. I think it was yesterday or today. Yeah. Uh, but these assassin yeah, yeah. droids were, for, were from Thrawn. Yeah, seventhly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we got Morgan again here, who we now know is from Dathomir. Mm -hmm. Lothcats. Lothcats yeah. in, in, in uh, Kaladin City. That's what City. I thought was. I found that pretty interesting that they had Lothcats there. People thought it was Lothcats that ate, what you call it? Uh, a right. boy, and uh, uh, the first. And episode. now that you see them in live action, you know that it was not Lothcats that ate him. Yeah, and then here we go. We get the big reveal at the end when she bests Morgan in a duel, yep. which I love the duel. We'll talk about the best moments here coming up, but we get the Thrawn drop. I mean, we knew Ahsoka was looking for someone over Morgan, right? Because I think their their initial exchange is like, "I want something from you," or "I I want information." Yeah. And that's why they were having this standoff in Kaladin City. And at the end, we finally get it. And when they say it, we now know with hindsight, there was little sprinkles throughout this episode that the name was coming. The fact that Morgan dedicated herself to the Imperial Navy, mm -hmm. the symbols on the droids, if we were looking closely. But we get the Grand Admiral Thrawn. So Ahsoka, whatever she's been up to since the Battle of Endor... It seems like she's been going out a one-woman force, good force user show and bringing whatever justice she can bring to little pockets of the galaxy. But it seems like her big end game, and it makes sense, is looking for Thrawn because... And we can't say this with gusto, Nick, because what Dave Filoni said in the article we're going to talk about, but you would think she's looking for Thrawn not only because he's a dickhead... But because of how things ended in Rebels with Thrawn and Ezra. Exactly. At and we know that her and Sabine at some point in the Star Wars chronology are looking for Ezra too. I'm going to throw out something here and I'm going to give some evidence to it. It's not going to be huge, but if you are a fan of Thrawn and you watch Rebels, then potentially this could get your jollies off. I really do think that we're going to see some TIE defenders in here. I'm going to give you two reasons. One, well, that's Thrawn's baby, right? That's that's what he wanted instead yes. of Death Stars. At this point, it was it's it's very well proven that the Death Star was the wrong choice over the Tie Defenders. If you've read the novels, I know that Intern was in here. Um, 
that was essentially Thrawn's play. Like, hey, this Death Star thing, like he found once he found out about the Death Star, he was like, look, I know it seems cool. It's a big ass space station, stuff like that can blow up planets. I'm telling you right now, my tide defenders are the way to go. And they ended up not going that way because of the events that happened in the book. Um, now we know that the Death Star was a bad play. The Imperial Remnant is still around. If Thrawn is here and he's still working with Morgan Elsbeth, who was known to be, you know, the the person that that worked with helped build the Imperial Navy, they're building defenders. They also just added Tide defenders into Star Wars squadrons. So I feel like they're they're like setting this up, like get ready to see some Tide defenders. Um, and if that's the case, yeah. I- I think you're you're spot on. I mean, they they have to. I mean, they, they're synonymous with Thrawn. Yeah. I mean, outside of the Grand Admiral title, that that that's what sets him apart. And he's fucking blue. Yeah, I mean, like he's the only alien in in the Empire. Yeah. Uh, and in my Mandalorian explained um, article this week, I go into the Tide Defender project and everything. Well, like that's that, coming so. up next. I mean, if we still have more to say, I, I'll bring it up. If we have more to say. We'll, we'll address it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll I'll go into Tython when we get there and give you. But but Nick is down. Nick is doing kind of like Star Wars cliff notes. Um, you know, I do the the video on Fridays. Now Nick's kind of getting in doing some of the the cliff notey stuff for. Uh, I would say casual fans probably not are lovely fandos that show up for the live live stream every week i assume they're just as crazy as me and nick uh, but there are the casual fans out there that just look at this as entertainment and not real life so nick nick's there to educate yes all right um uh, last moment here obviously this is where we get the tython mention that that nick's been talking about uh, and apparently that, that was something huge in, was it huge in legends now, Nick, or did I just fucking miss a book as, as usual? Um, it was huge in legends and it's tight. You put, I don't know if they, if they actually spelled it this way in the episode, but it's T Y T H O N. Um, it was, it was, it was a legends thing in current Canon. Not too much. Like you said, really? Well, yeah. Afra, I yeah, know it Afra. In, in Canon Canon. It's the Afra comic that is listed as first appearance. Yeah. And, and in that comic, Afra uses Tython as a misdirect, um, for Vader. She's like, Oh yeah, it's the, the, the rebel base is over here on Tython. And when it was really on Hoth. So it was like a pre Hoth, right. uh, ESB comic. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I just, I couldn't get into the new Afro run, but she is an interesting character the way she bounces between the factions. Yeah. I mean, she starts as like a Vader henchman with the droids, but then kind of works her way into the rebellion via Luke. And now she's kind of doing her, her own thing, but I, I gave up on that run. She's still a cool character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get, get the Tython drop and the whole seeing stone, like get some crazy Lord of the Rings shit going on here, right? Like he's, he's going to reach out and he's either going to actually contact someone through the force, which would be a Jedi or Palpatine, who knows? Could be. Or he's going to turn around and be like, yo, where's some motherfucking eggs to eat? Let's go. It's like, give me my Mandalorian armor. Give me some eggs. I want some cookies. (laughs) Let's go. You got some Beskar and that spear. Why don't you shave off a tip? Make me some armor. Me and you for life. Right, pal? All right. So uh, some of the best moments. This is an easy one. It's kind of stupid. Ahsoka freaking Tano in the flesh. (laughs) Amen to Dave. Rosario killed it. John, thanks for green lighting it. 
Uh, we'll learn a, a little bit uh, more about how this all came to be coming up in the next uh, topic or two. So uh, chill. <laughs> uh, yeah, just everything Ahsoka was was just tops. I loved Ahsoka and Din's first meeting. Um, I, I feel like we got a direct call back to Boba trying to uh, lasso up Luke here yeah. when, when he did it to Ahsoka, but because she's not a, a dummy, she looks at it, what, what Din did and laughs at him, jumps over the tree with the force and, and kind of fucks his plan there and really would have cut him to bits if it weren't for the armor and the fact that he knew to drop her name and Bo-Katan's name uh, more importantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, was just, it was just a good scene. I, I like the, like how they met essentially with her wanting to kill him. Uh, yeah, beautiful scenery there. Obviously learning Grogu's name. Uh, they've been telling us he's had a name for a while. I, I just, I didn't see it come in this episode, nor was I even looking for it to come at all. At this point, you know, the child was a child. He was baby Yoda. He's hanging out. He's making us laugh, doing cute shit, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, I think this is the first episode that he became somewhat relevant uh, again as a character. I mean, he's always been relative to the story, obviously, because of the Gideon, the Force blood, the super soldiers, this, that, and the other thing. But really, Nick, for four episodes this season, he's been comedic relief. Yeah, and that's what I talked about a little bit last week is this was the episode that he really did have to come back into prominence considering the character that was going to be uh, showcased here with Ahsoka and everything like that. But he did, like, he essentially played a backseat role to Din the whole time, which is good, because in ep- right. in season one, even though he was, you know, he was the entire reason that the large majority of the population was watching the show, like, he, he kind of, like, he, he, he took it over, and I think what they wanted to do with season two was say, like, yes, the baby's cute, the baby is is here for a reason, but also, like, here is our main character. Like, this is why yeah, you should I, like this guy. Like, it's called the Mandalorian for a reason. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not called the Grogu. Maybe they'll make a new show uh, called the Grogu. Hey, <laughs> hey, dude. I mean, according to Reddit leaks, anytime a new character yeah. shows up on the Mandalorian, they're yeah, getting it's a spin-off, like a spin-off so. for this guy. Spin, yeah, spin, spin. Keep your eyes out for the live action Ahsoka and Sabine Wren series coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um, and that that's already going around, and I I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I the fuck down like these people. I know, I know. Iger Nick before he left was like, "Listen, we fucked up the movie so bad. We're just going to focus on streaming, and there are going to be other Star Wars TV series." Yeah. I just don't think everything that shows up in the Mando is going to become a spinoff. No. I, I think it's just going to become a part of the Mando because no, there's there's too many stories to tell outside of the Mandalorian. There's too many. Right. If you have five different television shows that are all spinoffs of The Mandalorian, what happens to every other timeline that's out there to be to be explored or other stories that are to be written? Like you don't have right. to just make TV exactly. shows about shit. That you got to be exists. careful, or, or you'll end up like The Walking Dead on AMC, where I think it kind of wore out its welcome by. You got fear. You got the new world. You got the original. You got this. You got that. It's like okay, don't oversaturate a single franchise yeah um i think a boba fett live action spinoff makes 100 yeah, sense because you don't need to tie that to mando like that can be no. a separate thing about a character he, that was in it, before mando 
And, and here's my point on Ahsoka and Sabine, because I, I don't think their story is over, but I, I think they're going to save that for this supposed rumored Rebels sequel. Yeah. Uh, and it would remain animated, not live action. I'm not saying we're never going to see a live action Sabine. I mean, at this point, I think that's a fucking done deal. If, if they did Ahsoka Tano, Sabine Wren is, I mean, that, that's easy. Yeah, I mean, you right? can that, that, have that's, her that's, tie that's in so many different ways, whether it be through Bo. Through Ezra, right. through th- exactly. there's a lot of ins for Sabine. But but I think if we get any sort of continuation of what Sabine and Ahsoka were talking about in that epilogue, it remains in the animated space. Yeah. Uh, just it ain't gonna come here. And yes, of course, I'm an asshole. I, I would love an Ahsoka series. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, her ah- Ahsoka storming the gates or the walls of of Caladan was fucking dope. I mean. Just like a, a, a one force jump up, slash, 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 force throw, I win, I'm a goddess, okay? She's the best. I mean, ah- Ahsoka is hands down one of the best light side force users in Star Wars. If not the best. I mean, she is, does have the essence of the daughter of the force within her. So that, that helps. Yeah, I mean, she just... That boosts her. It gives her I mean, juice. so far, Nick, it, it, and I think even Filoni said this, even though she's not a Jedi, she has lived more like the Jedi say they live than any other Jedi. Yeah. I mean, the Jedi, I mean, like, they, you know, to a point, like, you know, the, the criticisms of the Grand Republic Jedi were pretty on point. They were very dogmatic. They were very one-track mindy. They were very set in their ways, which is why they, they had the fall that they did. Um there was no inherent flexibility in the way of the Jedi during the grand Republic and probably the high Republic before that. Um, so seeing somebody who is a dedicated light side force user, like Ahsoka leading, uh, the, the life that she did post Jedi order is very interesting to see. And I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, think about her life. I mean, she was, she was fucked over by the order betrayed by her master uh, almost, almost killed by her clones, yep. almost killed by Rex, her best friend. And she still didn't have a woe is me. I'm going to lock myself up in an Island moment. No, she was out there. Eat it, Luke. She, she, Ahsoka for president she went out there of the Jedi. She, fucking, she had a mission and she was continuously trying to achieve that mission. No matter what it, she, yeah, and clearly she still is. Yeah. She is still fighting the good fight and doing it on her own as a lone samurai. I guess you'd call that a Ronin, but Dave said she was a wandering samurai. So whatever Dave says <laughs> is right. All right. Uh, really, uh, just kind of wrapping up the breakdown here of the Jedi. Uh, the duel with Morgan was was fantastic. Uh, I mean, you're going to get that type of stuff when you're dealing with a pro like Diana Lee. Uh, I, I I love the fight. I always love seeing characters fight characters with lightsabers that don't have lightsabers themselves. Uh, I think it made Morgan look like even more of a badass that she was hanging with Ahsoka for a bit. Uh, until she kind of turned the tide there, mm. but it was it was a, it was a fun fight. Again, very samurai like, very Kurosawa. Uh, the way it was shot, he was thinking about Ghost of Tsushima when you'd have the duels. It was just like that, you know. They they took off their cloaks, yep. stared each other down, uh, presented their weapons, and then went at it. It was a very honorable fight yeah. for someone that isn't honorable. Yeah, absolutely. It was really cool. I liked the way it was shot. I saw some people draw some. 
uh, Kill Bill references to that as well. So, and Kill Bill was very. Well, I, I don't know if it was Tones or Baron. Baron Spencer. Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the guys in our Discord, and you should join up in the Discord if you like kind of continuing this type of dorky Star Wars talk throughout the week when we're not live on air or we're putting out our audio only because we, we do kind of get in into the weeds, if you will. Uh, but someone threw up a, a graphic where I think there were some almost shot-for-shot shot comparisons to this fight and Ahsoka Invaders fight in Rebels. Rebels yeah. yeah, like some very specific camera movements and, 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 and focuses and, and perspectives. So That does not surprise uh, me. Of course. I mean, Dave, Dave's not going to let any detail uh, go. Everything's going to be as perfect as it gets, except for her short wacko. Wah! Um, and yeah, that's it. Obviously the Thrawn thing was a great moment, but we, we kind of talked that one into the ground. So there you go. S2E5 of the Mandalorian, AKA the Jedi has been put to bed by the masters of 30% Star Wars speculation success. Yes. The Star Wars time show bros. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we really kind of covered everything that I put in the Mandalorian explained, um, article that i put up this week but i do want to give you guys a skinny on tython in terms of what it okay. what it could I'll, be I'll, i'm gonna scroll down the tython yeah. then there we go so what is in the article on tython right now is is canon material so as it says deep core planet that potentially holds the first uh the candidate for one of the first jedi temples ever and then there's also a seeing stone on it that amplifies the the force powers of force sensitive beings um really what i want to go in to Tython on is what it was. Tython was the planet where sentient species discovered the force in old canon. Like nobody knew about the force before Tython. So when hyperspace travel was first found by most sentient species, anybody who had a connection to the force, but didn't know what it was yet was kind of drawn to Tython. So you would have you essentially had this massive migration post hyperspace, like the great hyperspace wars that led all of these force sensitive people to Tython. And then that is what essentially led to the founding of the Jedi Order ah, okay. as a whole. So it you're, you're telling me, at least back then, it, it was more important than Luke's Island. Yes. Acto, it seems to me like even looking at Acto now, like Acto could have been a like a a gathering place for force sensitive beings way back in the day but it didn't seem like it was a proper large scale training academy slash you know uh you know jedi temple it just seemed too small where tython was that like when you when you played through the the light side Jedi stories in Star Wars The Old Republic, you start off on Tython and you fight through a lot of the areas of the planet around the temple. Um, even in story, like in novels, Tython was it for, for Jedi Force users. Tython was also the planet where the, Grace, the Great Force Wars first broke down. So this was before lightsabers were even invented. Like you would see like images of the Great Force Wars showed dark side and light side force users battling each other with swords that were that that had force energy imbued into them and then from that right. is where you had 
the schism within the Jedi Order and the formation of the Sith. So after the Great Force Wars, the Dark Side Force users were banished from Tython, and that's when they went to Korriban, and they started the Sith. There we go. And This guy is a motherfucking historian. I told yeah, you. Yeah, so... It, so Tython is the nexus of everything Force-related, or was the nexus of everything Force-related in the Star Wars universe. It was where it was first discovered. It was where it was first trained. It was where people first taught other people how to use the Force. It's where the Jedi first started. And it's essentially where the Sith were formed, because you did have the people who were there, all of these people who, who came to Tython, because of the force sensitivity of it, you had the people who, who kind of leaned light. And then you also had the people who realized like, okay, well, there's another side to this thing that you can do. And it gives you this different type of power. And, you know, the, the Sith were born there as well. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like big Amish here when you're talking about the force wars. I, I pictured them just sitting there like throwing <laughs> blasts of force at it each is, other. Is. Like you just see bodies flying and ragdolling around the planet and shit. Yeah, dude, it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, like you never got an actual portrayal of that in a, in yeah. a really good way, but like, you know, the, the pieces of art that were out there was, it was, it was nuts, dude. It was so, so we'll put it this way. Like if you, if you believe in this, this place called heaven that they talk about on our planet, Tython is essentially force for, heaven. For, yeah. Force heaven. And right. Because you, you, you had the fall of the archangel that, that, that they, they took up the dark side of the force and, and formed their own yeah. pact, their own sect of this religion. And, and here we go. Yeah, I mean, it was go read so Old yeah Legends it's, Canon it's about some big Tython. shit and if they take on it, any of these attributes for new canon you could have the first jedi training academy ever created now okay here let's get a little speculative here do you think i i mean gideon has the crest tagged but still has done nothing yet yeah uh do, do we see him popping up Next, or does he possibly wait until Mando makes it to this Force-rich planet? Because we know that Gideon, his main goal is to get Force-infused blood. Mm -hmm. So what better place than a, than a planet like Tython uh, that's going to have Grogu on it and potentially another, another Force user if Grogu reaches out? Exactly. I mean, I think that makes the most sense. Like, it, it really... I mean, he, he, yeah, he could have gone to Corvus. But also, there's an Imperial installation on Corvus, clearly. We, knew, we know that now. So he was like, or, or he, well, I don't need to go If we go there. with him and Thrawn or, or, you know, combating each other, obviously he wouldn't want to go there and kind of... Fuck himself. Wake the bear. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? he shows up on Corvus, and now he's got to fight against an entire Imperial Legion of Troops, plus Ahsoka, plus Din. Like, he would be in trouble if he showed up on Corvus. All right. All right, so yeah, it, it, it's key, and it's it's obviously something that I, I'm assuming Dave brought to the table because he did write the episode. This is the only episode that John didn't write this yeah. season. Uh, Dave directed and wrote it, so uh, when we get deep dives like that where it's been something in old legends or just commonly referenced in a comic book, you know that is uh, Lord Filoni pulling that stuff yeah, out. So, all right, exciting to see where that goes. Well, yeah, keep keep an eye on the site on Fridays. Like I said, I, I go first. I leave some notes for Nick, like things that may need further explanation, and and then he takes you to school. Yeah. So check those out. Um, 
before we get into the the Filoni and Dawson interview, Nick, I guess let's let's drop some predictions for episode six. And it's going to be tough because this is the first week that the episode title has not leaked. Yeah. The only thing we know, or at least I think I know about episode six, is that it is going to be super short. Um, expect 28 minutes or less of actual content. Uh, I, I've seen reports out there that it's clocking in at 32 minutes total, which means you're going to lose at least three to four minutes in uh, previously on and the, you know, the, the splash screen, all that fun shit. So it is going to be a tiny episode, uh, which which may mean it, it could be a transition episode to get us into the, the, the big finish, because, I mean, that's how season seven went. If you remember episode uh, season, season one, seven, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with me? Season one, if you remember what episode six was, it was the the prison break, I believe. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, yes. yeah, it no. was. That was family. Yeah, that was Rick's prison break episode. Is it prison break? I think it was. Yeah, because four was. Yeah, no, I'm right. I'm right. I can't believe I even doubted myself. Yeah, it was Rick. Episode six was prison break, which was kind of a just a sidestep before we started rounding third to go home. Because episode seven and eight were, were were kind of a a cohesive story, right? That's when they got back to Navarro, yeah. uh, linked back up with cardboard. Cardboard was gonna fuck him over, but then he couldn't because of magic hands. And then we're off into the end game in episode eight and Gideon's uh, stand standoff and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that we're, we're definitely not getting a Tython in six. And I think you're right. We'll, we'll close it out. Tython seven, so, eight, maybe let's, let's try to hash it out. I mean, what could he possibly, he knows where he has to go, right? Yeah. He, he's no longer, it shouldn't be, Hey, I need this. What do you need me to do to get it? Type of shit. Tython, right? given, it's deep core nature. Maybe he doesn't like, he can't plot a direct route there. Okay. So he's going to have to find someone to get him there. Yeah. Maybe he goes back to bow. Yeah. Like he, he has or, to find a way them. there. It's probably, it's kind of what I'm leaning to now, whether it be, he has to get like specific hyperspace coordinates. He has to get a, like some, some navigation thing to get him there. It's not going to be easy to get to. Um, and maybe he like I'm trying to just think of like what's loose in this like what's a loose end in in season two I know dude I'm I'm, I'm I I know it's terrible I mean, could radio it, could right it now be Boba of, could it be somehow yeah do like, we do we this, revisit that I mean who I, I feel like six is gonna be like I said uh, transitional where he yeah he's making his way towards Tython but we're not gonna like see anything directly related to yeah. that he's gonna have to do something that he needs to get there. So I guess it is going to be the old, Hey, I need something. What do you need me to do to get that yeah. something type of shit? I mean, it's kind of like episode three where, you know, he, he picks up the lady and yeah, like, okay, you need to go to Trask, but then three is you kind of get sidetracked. Um, I mean, you may, it may even just be something as simple as like they, like the beacon comes in and they, like he gets into a scrap. That, all right, that's what I'm going to go with. That's going to be my prediction. I, I think the episode six, we're going to get the first interaction of Gideon, Din, and Grogu. Uh, not the last, the first. Or, or, Nick, is this the one where he gets kidnapped and then we get him back on, on Tython. Tython at the end of episode eight? I mean, it, 
It could be. Because, you know, think about it. If Gideon knows about this and wants more blood, knows he can't just rip it all out of the baby because he doesn't produce that much, uh, maybe he can learn from the baby, mind reading, who the fuck knows what type of shit Gideon's got at his disposal. But maybe he learns about Tython and that there's potential to use the baby to call more Force users to him. Yeah. Because you, you would think someone that wants Force blood would probably prefer a an endless supply. Yeah. And and it doesn't sound like from Pershing that Grogu is that endless no, he's, supply. He's a little dude. It's he would have to find out about like unless he knows about Tython already, he would have to find out about it. Well, that's why I say like maybe he can somehow like Ahsoka. I mean, who knows? Maybe Gideon's got a touch of the Force, yeah. or or maybe he's working with someone that has a touch of the Force. Palpatine's still out there. That's canon now. Palpatine is out there in clone spirit form. Maybe just like Ahsoka was able to, he's able to discern what is in uh, Grogu's head. And here we go. We've got a showdown on Tython. But in terms of predictions for S2E6, first interaction, direct interaction of Gideon, Din, and Grogu. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad guess because there's really, like you said, there's really nothing that, that's leading us a specific way. So Yeah, it's, I, I it's still feel one. at some point... Grogu's going to be taken and I don't think they're demented enough to make us suffer with that type of cliffhanger but that would also be one hell of a cliffhanger yeah, that would so I don't know I'm torn you uh resubbing for her yeah exactly I, I'm I'm torn there but I, I I'm kind of bat saying it here in the chat uh, Jedi Wayfinder yeah maybe they got to look for something like that uh, that's actually a good idea because, you know, that's why Luke was going around collecting all the shit to find Acto, yeah. basically. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, there you go. That That's my call on on six. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll go in on that. I'll say that we don't get to Tython on six unless either we don't get there at all or we get there as this as the episode ends. I, I could totally see tython being like navarro was last season for the last two episodes yeah. like they they get there shit's kind of going well and then oh right at the end of seven gideon shows up fight 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 oh no it looks like the kid's gonna get lost no schmo comes in ezra comes in and saves yeah. the day credits wait for season three yeah and i mean if if they go with tython the way that i know it there's a lot to explore like it's not going to be like acto where you get there and there's eight huts and that's about it like, it's a very large Jedi settlement, so there'll be a lot to see. Um, yeah, we'll see. We're only, you know, we only got three episodes left. We're four days, three days away from episode six. So take it in while you can, people, because we're going to be I know finishing. I won't be able to sleep. Yeah. Like, this is no act, my friends. Last Thursday, you know, family Thanksgiving, had some NFL on. I was cooking out on the grill, so I was drinking early on thursday that's that's what you do on a holiday right you drink early because you can it doesn't seem as weird uh the point is i was uh, i was fairly fucked up come thursday night <laughs> and i was still up just naturally woke up at 4 30 on friday wow and i laid in bed because i'm like dude 4 30 get a life i laid in bed till about 5 30 i was like yeah fuck it i might as well go down and start i really get worked up for new episodes of the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. it, it's no bullshit. If I lived in the West coast, I would stay up to watch the episode, but I'm not staying up to fucking 4am to watch it because then I'd be dead in, in a complete zombie on Fridays. So, 
um, I'm I'm excited. And as Tones is saying in the chat, we we we're working off of nothing at this point. Yeah, like trailer footage dried up through episode four. We don't even have a leaked title at this point. All we have is a 28 minute runtime. So you're probably not going to get. Uh, it, it'll probably be similar in nature to S1E2, the 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 Suka episode. Yeah. Where, you know, some random shit happens, but it eventually gets them on their way at the end. Yeah, I mean, shit, we, we could get another fucking Razor Crest breakdown for all we know. But <laughs> I we, hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Card, cardboard only employs the best spies. Yeah. All right, dude. So I'm going to peel through this Filoni and Dawson interview. It's, it's actually really good. Anyone that is into this shit, if you're not opposed to reading words and shit about Star Wars, uh, I, I can kind of handle smaller articles. It's when it gets into the five six seven ten pages that i I start to shut things off but uh, we got some insights into how episode five came to be in particular how we got rosario as uh, real life ahsoka and honestly she was cast right when season one was going to air so this has been in the works for over a year at this point, or almost a year, because I think season one started late November. Yeah. Uh, and it really was kind of a fan cast. Uh, I mean, that's how Filoni got wind of uh, her interests, and he kind of pitched it to John, like, hey, I want to bring Ahsoka to the screen. Here's who, and John's like, all right, who? And he's like, Rosario Dawson. <laughs> and John's like, all right, I've worked with her before, FaceTime it up, and then here we go, they made the deal. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. I'm not going to read the quotes just because you know, we, we've been going pretty long on Mando. Uh, but it, it was very <laughs> fan-cast-like, and she has had the part for almost a year, um, which is why all the leaks were coming out and, and why all the other international Disney Plus accounts were outing her as being attached to the show. Uh, but I'll, I'll give her credit. I know at one point, I think over the summer, Nick, you and I, we read a quote from hers that pretty much confirmed she was Ahsoka. Yeah. But she still said it in a way that she could wiggle out yeah, of it. Yeah, she was like, I can't say, you know, I'm not going to say anything yet, but I can't exactly remember what it was. But yeah, it was very noncommittal, but very... <laughs> Yeah, obviously I'm playing this character. It was like, I I can't say I'm Ahsoka, but I am Ahsoka. Yeah. It was one of those deals, <laughs> like a wink-wink. Um, so no, I, I thought that was interesting that it, it was, you know, kind of the fans, and as Tone's saying, even herself a little bit, was like, hey, yeah, yeah, let, let's do this. Look, me and Hayden used to hang out. We went to the same acting school when we were kids. Uh, all that fun stuff there, so... Uh, the other interesting thing we learned is that if everyone remembers, and you can see it on the stream here, uh, what is it? January 16th, so earlier this year before everything went to piss, or at least we were pretending that the virus wasn't going to reach the states and everywhere else like a bunch of idiots. But Favreau released one of the worst uh, <laughs> smartphone <laughs> images on the planet to Twitter, but it blew up because it featured the maker holding Grogu. Yeah. And the crazy thing is... Rosario is literally just out of frame in full Ahsoka garb on this day. Yep. <laughs> so the, the man himself, someone that also had a hand in creating Ahsoka. I mean, it's not all Dave. This is, you know, George's tutelage was still happening. The man himself was there that day to see their animated creation in the flesh. And she kind of explained like it was it was she didn't say it was creepy, 
But she's like, I could see Dave and George just in awe of seeing one of their animated characters uh, in real life. Like just looking her up and down like, yep, 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 that's going to work. <laughs> Dude, that's got to um, be a little weird, right? George Lucas just kind of staring. Oh, at just staring at you? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I love the guy, but if you've seen his interactions on set, and I think he did something similar on the Game of Thrones with Amelia and John, he comes off a little creepy sometimes. Little creepy, yeah. little like old old guy creepiness. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a, a neat little story that she wasn't allowed to talk about until now. Ooh, Tones is saying this coming from the chat again. Those of you just just get in the chat, people. I I know you still have the podcast platforms, but uh, I got to announce names every time so you don't think I'm just having a Tourette's uh, stroke. Uh, but Tones is saying this is going to be the Robert Rodriguez chapter. Uh, so it could be kind of action intense and kind of quick hitting, like we said, with the runtime. So thank you, Tones. Yeah. It still doesn't give us much to go off of unless he's going to do uh, what, what? What's he done? Like uh, he's going to do uh, what you call it? Uh, kill, no, not yeah. not kill Bill. He's um, Sin City. Yeah. Unless he makes it all black and white with some yeah. color Sin splashes. Sin City, stuff. Uh. Sin City, Rosario was in that. She's going to be back in episode six already. Called it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Robert. Robert worked with her. We're good to go. We'll see, All right, we'll see uh, Ahsoka take off in her Jedi Starfighter, <laughs> and it just tail tail him. Okay. Um, they also addressed live action Ahsoka's design considerations. Right. I know a lot of you people were butt hurt over that, but at some point in time, I'd like us all just to respect the people that create this stuff. And if they thought it was okay for the screen, it's okay. You can feel bad, that's fine, but get over it. It's not that big of a deal. But essentially, Dave's like, everything was considered to an unbelievable degree. And that was my point. Like, when people initially were like, oh, what the fuck? It's like, guys, you really think Filoni, of all people, was just going to, like, blindly let someone design his character in real life? No way. They had to do what they had to do. Like he said, the head tails, the horns, I can't even tell you. I'm sure it was some of the nerdiest talk you've ever heard when they were designing live action Ahsoka. Like, oh man, should we, should we put a wrinkle in the Leku? She is getting older. It'd be like wrinkled skin. It's like, I don't know. Do they age this way? Really dorky shit there. Um, and he also talked about a lot of it was because of the makeup and the headpiece and just a lot of the stunts in action that they had Rosario do. And I'm assuming whoever doubled her for some of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he's saying, like, listen, it was one of the biggest considerations performance wise. I don't want her to be lost in all of this headgear and makeup. Uh, but she definitely is not. I kept things subtle in some ways with the markings. I mean, the funny thing is that the white markings over the brow are always done in animation to give an eyebrow performance. I didn't want a brightly saturated character. Again, in animation it works, but in live action, I think it works another way. And so you just have to play with the values and see. Um, oh, shit. I just got an email from Lauren Mary Kim saying she might use one of our songs. We have songs? Our intro oh music? I, I got to see what's off with that shit. Maybe she sent it to the wrong yeah. person. 
Oh no! Oh god! All right. Well, stay tuned for I'll I'll, I'll reveal that in the Discord. <laughs> I don't even know. Where the this only is song going. that we have is the intro music, uh, or like my my shimmy shake and bullshit at the end that just really turns into a wine <laughs> and bitch fest. So I don't like. I just I don't know where she's headed. Yeah. But the fact that she's still emailing is good. We're we're still yeah, on. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's a lot of lightsaber fighting this episode too. Was that considered with the prosthetics? And this is Rosario saying everything was pretty firmly on. Everything was built specifically to my skull and body. And the headband that she has on with the tails actually clips in the back and holds it in place. We were doing stunts in it and everything, and it wasn't going anywhere. Um, so there's there's all that stuff. And, and here's what I was saying earlier, where she is kind of a wandering samurai, and this comes from Filoni himself. Because I know, if you want to get technical, a lone samurai is what, Nick? A ronin, you learned that in. A, a dickhead ronin in a straw hat that's probably going to fuck yeah, you over, you got to right? fight him under a waterfall or in the middle of a field or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Lord Sakai, love it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, he just kind of describes how, how he views Ahsoka at this point in time. She is, for lack of a term, a master. Because she's largely an, an independent at this point. I play her much more as a knowledgeable knight. A wandering samurai character is what she really is at this point. I've always made comparisons to her heading toward the Gandalf stage, where she is the one that has the knowledge of the world and can help others through it. I think she's reached that point. I like that quote. So meet there Ahsoka was that, the White. There was that famous image that, like, Filoni is not very active on Twitter, but, like, he retweeted around uh, Tross' release that that like hand drawn sketch of Ahsoka and Gandalf talking right. and Gandalf yep. says don't worry everybody thought i was dead too so well I, it's cuz he was addressing like hey if Ahsoka was talking through yeah, the force exactly. to Rey yeah. she's dead right yeah it's like i don't know i mean how the, how the fuck do you know we just had grogu and ahsoka have a a 5 minute long conversation that none of us were privy to yeah so maybe maybe she was just reaching out as a living force, force, force user, user yeah. uh, but she is she's a master she's a master wandering samurai um and and he's just more talking about the character yeah i think something fans like about the character is that she's rather complex they all focus very hard on the line i am no jedi from star wars rebels but it's undeniable that she's trained by the jedi i think to most observers she is very jedi to them I would argue in some ways, by being so selfless and rejecting a lot of past that would have given her power, she's more Jedi-like than even some characters who claim to be Jedi. There were a lot of people leading up to this episode, not a lot, but they were like, well, it can't be Ahsoka, Ahsoka's not a Jedi. I'm like, are you that dumb? Like, are you that, like... I understand. I get it. Yeah, she says I'm no Jedi, and she's yeah, technically to us as fans by the book. But as you heard in universe, anyone with not a re- or probably at this point with a lightsaber, people are going to call him Jedi. Yeah. I mean, the magistrate Jedi. They, they didn't say, "Oh, that gray yeah, force that, that user, force user who who carries a lightsaber." <laughs> no, like yeah, I, I understand. Yes, right. from the fan perspective, but also like you're living in the Mandalorian universe and she was told to be like she was said like to be a Jedi by Bo-Katan. So to to Bo-Katan and right. to Every, Mando. She's basically, everyone Jedi. in universe considers Ahsoka a Jedi, but herself. Yeah, like okay. who, the only people who know that she's not an official Jedi are fucking dead. 
like, yeah, uh, or, or Lost in Space, yeah, Ezra, because yeah. I think that's who she tells, like to Kanan and Ezra or Maul or Vader, is, I believe was what she said. Yeah. I am no Jedi. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, and then the Baby Yoda name reveal, like, why did that happen now? And I actually thought it was a, a pretty good um, answer that Dave gave. He says, the name has been around for a while. John told me early on in season one what it would be, which made me start to think about how people could learn the name. This gave me the idea that Ahsoka, who is very compassionate, would be able to connect with the child and that without words, they could probably communicate through memories and experiences. Through that connection, she learns the name and then tells Mando and the audience. He goes on to say, I felt that if anyone would know or understand the child's history, it would be Ahsoka. She has such a long history as well. By having her relate the story, it also helps the viewer to understand some of her own backstory. This is similar to when Obi-Wan tells Luke about his father's history. Through the story about Anakin, you are getting a look at Obi-Wan and his backstory as well. A lot of the campfire scene, as I call it, is shaped around the scene between Obi-Wan and Luke in A New Hope. Now, that's some beautiful shit, right? Yeah. We've always talked about how they mirror. Star Wars always mirrors other Star Wars. And here is Lord Star Wars telling you right now that he crafted that scene specifically from the Obi-Wan and Luke in Obi's hut moment. And there are some very stark similarities, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think what he's saying there is it, it's so poignant. Like for the people that are casual, they, they got enough about Ahsoka just through that conversation. Now for people like us that are nuts, it's like, okay, it's a lot deeper than just that. But you know, just like he's saying in the new hope, the first time you see it, you do get some insights about Obi-Wan Kenobi through his story yeah. about this fabled Anakin Fought Skywalker. in the Clone Wars, was a friend of his father. All the, You get a lot of right. different things. A good him. man, yeah. a great pilot, all this shit. And I've, I'm lying to you right now, yeah. and I will continue to lie to you throughout this trilogy. And then we will fix it all in the prequels and really make me look like a lying piece of shit. <laughs> uh, all right, and then here, here's the thing that I've been teasing that just fucking throws a huge wrench into things with Thrawn and Ezra, Ahsoka, Sabine, Grogu, Din, your mom, right? This is nuts. So, so in this article, the interviewer is like, hey, hey man, so we, we technically, at least until this episode of Mando, in the Star Wars timeline, the last time we saw Ahsoka was during the epilogue of Star Wars Rebels, which happened before the Mandalorian, right? And Dave's like, right, but no, it's an interesting one. <laughs> That's not necessarily chronological. I think the thing that people will most not understand is they want to go in a linear fashion. But as I learned as a kid, nothing in Star Wars really works in a linear fashion. You do episodes four, five, and six, and then one, two, three. So in the vein of that history, when you look at the epilogue of Rebels, you don't really know how much time has passed. So it's possible that the story I'm telling in The Mandalorian actually takes place prior to that. Possible. I'm saying it's possible. I mean, Nick, I don't know said about you. It's possible. I don't know about you, but I never thought that that took place before Mando. 
Because there's... Oh, I did. I was like, so you're giving me an epilogue that's seven years in the future? Like... It didn't seem like enough time to pass. Well, no, I, I didn't think. I, I'm not saying. I, I'm saying it was still right around Battle of Endor a couple years after that, which is still prior to Mando. I thought that that was like fucking 30 years in the future. I thought that no that way. was way the fuck out. No way. Yeah, no. Sabine would have looked way older than she did if it was 30 years in the future. And I'll point to this again. Like, I know that people dismiss this as nothing, as like, this doesn't make a difference. In the, like, in that. In Galaxy's Edge, when you're going through and you're doing all those activities through the phone, that's when you got introduced to Crownist, which is Sabine, and you got knowledge that she's still looking for Ezra. And in that timeline, where that takes place in the timeline for Galaxy's Edge now is Resistance timeline, and that's 30 years in the future. So to me, while the... the the epilogue itself may not have taken place in that exact period of time. I still thought that it was older than Mando. Yeah, I mean, I, and it, honestly, I think most of the world figured that epilogue took place before the Mandalorian. I mean, I was like, at best, it was a few years after Endor. Shit has settled down with the Empire. Yeah, you still have the remnant going on, but now it's time to go and find our guy. And I, I'd have to rewatch it to just hear what is said. Ahsoka obviously looks a little bit wiser, a little, yeah, possibly older. And then it also like, I think, I think Sabine looked a little older, but I'm not going 30 years. It, older it's hard way. to, it's also hard to tell fucking age and, and star Wars land for some creatures like, uh, like was brought up in the chat today. Like Todd can live 200 years. So like, you know, t- 20 years of time for a Todd does not, age the same as 20 years of time for a human being and so i mean but yeah i mean in terms of well well, here's here's where things get squirrely though thrawn is established back in this timeline of mandalorian Mm -hmm. yeah so if if the epilogue in rebels takes place after this what what the fuck has ezra been doing so that's so ezra and thrawn come back but that's that's where it gets squirrely. Like, it's, yeah, but the, does Ezra the whole just thing, Ahsoka and Sabine, are Ahsoka and Sabine specifically meet up to go find oh, yeah, Ezra. But so if this is happening happening after we know that Thrawn is back in the universe, mm-hmm. I think Dave's fucking with us. I think that if if he's back in there, then then Ezra is pulling a Luke and he's just sitting on Tython. He's by himself, he's hanging out, and like, you know, he doesn't necessarily like he he might just feel the same way like i can't throw myself back in the universe blah 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 like to have the same line or have the same set of feelings that luke did and he's like i don't want well, to reveal so myself if we're, to if we're still going with the rebels epilogue takes place after the mandalorian then then Thrawn, then, then we have to we have to eliminate ezra from ever showing up in ezra the mandalorian is, i think ezra could just get straight nuked he could just get killed because it, it would not make sense if they're going to look for Ezra, yet he's already back. He shows up in the Mando, and then yeah, the epilogue is in chronological he's dead. order. They kill. I, him. I don't. I just. I thought it was odd that he he threw that out there in a direct response to the interviewer and be like, "Hey, you know, this is all still going in order, right? We see her, her and Sabine. We're going to look for Ezra. 
uh, what say you? And he's like, yeah, well, not not so much. I mean, like he was a nothing answer. He he literally was like, it could be chronological. It could not be possible. It's possible. Like he said, he says, so it's possible. But if it's it's possible, it's possible. If it's post Mando, I think Ezra's dead and they'll never find him. And he dies on Tython in Mando. I just I thought it was odd. I mean, I always pictured this epilogue being soon after the original trilogy because that's I mean that's when the Rebel series was set. But that's why we may get a sequel. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Maybe Ezra shows up in live action and uh, they are back. And Dave was just pulling our legs. But it, it was odd that this came up. And and I'm gonna say it's odd one more time because this was an it, it was an addendum to the piece. <laughs> like they actually put the piece out and then updated it with this last little nugget. So interesting. They um, felt it's, it was it's odd that they enough th- to add back in. Right. All right. Yeah, everyone in the chat's talking about ages. I mean, Bo Katan should have been in between forty and fifty in the Mando. Yeah. And Katie is in her forties, so I think she's fine. Sometimes you just have to fudge ages to get the people that you want in there. Like, you know. Yeah, and we're talking about science fiction. I mean, they're not just normal humans that get COVID and look like shit and die or have alcoholism and get all wrinkly mm-hmm. and older than they are. I mean, uh, for example, a guy like uh, George Takei, who's in his 80s, looks better than Michael Bean, who's in his 60s. Yeah. But that's real life. We're talking about fucking Star Wars people. So if a Mandalorian doesn't look as old as a, an Earthling, so be it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so fucking be it. Like, why, why are we worried about that shit? Sometimes you just got to let that shit go. The stuff I'm worrying about is, is, is Star Wars timeline. That actually makes some sense. Like, what, what is going on here? What, what were Ahsoka and in, in, uh, Sabine up to if this is happening after the fact that we know Ezra, or not Ezra, but Thrawn made it back from wherever he and Ezra were? It's interesting to think about. I'm, I'm still taking it with the Rebels epilogue happens before Mando, but that's me. Okay. I, we've beat this one like a dead horse, buddy. Yeah, I mean, this I don't think just, we need to talk. I'll just no, say, just, uh, like, the the Montrals and Leku thing, there was also a tweet that was put out by the character concept designer for Lucasfilm. Um, his name is Brian Matthias, and he just said that um, the chief concern with the Leku and the Montrals in terms of the design that you saw on the show was based off of practicality. Um, for movement and choreography he says from animation to live action i did a ton of design exploration and for her and their appropriate size for the actor with consideration for stunts and movement uh i'm sure i'll get to discuss it at greater length in the near future so maybe that comes in you know in in uh, disney gallery the mandalorian season two or something like oh that. by the way which i think's dropping in december mm-hmm. so there you go we may get some information on that but yeah, nothing, nothing else out there. A lot of people have, but it did. Like it came out, it came up a lot. Like people were just they they fixated on it for some reason, and like that's what that's what people do. And you know, it's I noticed it. I mean, I'm I not gonna lie. Like my my uh, fetish with the Leku, I, I do prefer Rebels Ahsoka. Yeah, I think it. I think it. But but I mean, just just look how skinny the character. Like if you brought that into real life, you'd have to hire someone with anorexia to play the <laughs> yeah, character. It's, you you get away like with animation a, does not directly translate yeah. to human anatomy. It just doesn't work. I will say that uh, after this episode of the Mando, I went back 
in my Star Wars The Old Republic game. And I you can like after you create your character, if you choose to, you can change like their species or whatever. So on my dark side uh, Sith Inquisitor, I changed her from a Sith species to a Tagruda. Just so I could be like, yeah, I'm there you go. I'm like Ahsoka now. Look at me. See, Nick uh-huh. Nick secretly likes to pleasure himself to Lekus as there well. You go. He just he doesn't want to say it publicly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Hey, see, Mr. Muppa, thanks for stopping by. We actually had a few uh new names drop by. The regulars are here. Kevs is always keeping things live in the chat. So going. appreciate yeah. it. If you're listening for the first time, we do the live stream typically on Tuesdays. Uh, I'm just going to say in between 2 and 3 p.m. East at this point, we do not have a set go time because yeah. we're a bunch of jerk offs. Eventually, we'll, we'll get there. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's about it. Like, I can't like I'm not one of the people who's going to say, like, you can't have a critique on it because, of course, you can. Like, everybody's allowed to have a critique on something. And I don't think that people are saying, like, I don't think that the people who are being reasonable about their about, you know, their feelings towards it should be, you know, attacked like if they're just saying like yeah it was something that i noticed and that kind of bothered me that's fine but if there are people this is 2020 everyone's a fucking boss on social media so yeah yeah you're all stupid uh but if i mean there are people who are like actually going at like you know not that they care about it they're going at like john and dave and all these other people they're like i can't believe you ruined the care like that take is a little extreme and it's like Really? Did you not notice anything else about the character other than the design of her Leku yeah. and Montrals? But I, I don't take umbrage with people who, who were like, yeah, I noticed that it bothered me a little bit, but I also enjoyed the portrayal of Ahsoka as a whole. You know, that's, that's all right. A, well, I do. And I think you're all assholes. <laughs> so stop it. That's okay. a, that's a, that is <laughs> I'm going to start, do, I'm going to start moderating that nonsense in our discord. I'm just going to delete your shit. Matt is on a deleting frenzy. Matt deleted my post that I post. Uh, I know. I know. I pushed out. Nick dropped a, an Ahsoka image, like literally Friday. Oh, afternoon. I did. And you know I how, knew exactly you know how what spoiler it was losers are like, Oh my God, the thing that everyone talks about all the time and probably has watched a million times. You spoiled yeah, it. Like I, knew that was going to happen. I was like, I'm going to drop this because people are going to get pissy <laughs> and they're going to comment on it, which is going to cause more people to comment on oh, it. Oh, it did. I mean, and it did. The post almost had a thousand likes. Matt dicked out and deleted it. I was like, that post shows exactly what you're supposed to do on social media. You're supposed to post <laughs> bullshit like that. And then your page gets more visibility. Yeah. Yeah. He's right, so I, I'm not going to step in. The problem is, Nick goes fucking dark from all Star Wars time outside of today. So I'm the one that's left with picking up the pieces oh, and you getting don't, flame don't, burned. Don't even comment thrown. on it. You just let them rip each other apart. Like, you know, like after I posted that up, I looked at it probably 25 minutes later, and it already had 200 likes and like 20 comments, oh. and I was like, good. And then I just, I was like, it was let a him fucking go. firestorm. Was, uh, you're right. I, I, I don't know. I, I pushed out, should just left it up. Yeah. SW props. He's, he's with us. He's like, fuck it. Start talking about the man though at like 8 a.m. on a Friday. Like, Cause, uh, you, you, Katie did a video where I guess people gave her problems for three days later mentioning oh, a sick. And she's like, listen, motherfuckers. And she just went through. She's like, hey, I'm Bo Katan. I'm in The Mandalorian. Guess what? I play Starbucks and Battlestar Galactica and I die. I mean, she yeah. just started dropping spoilers Dude, left bro, and right. The like, offic- yeah. official Star Wars had an image of Ahsoka on their official fucking socials on Sunday. Like two two days right. after. 
So they, I get it. Like the people have to. I realize, pushed out. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Like, I pushed out. I, I took it personally. Like literally, people are like, eh, blah. I mean, some yeah. people are like, yeah, so good. Some people are like, we fucking hate you. You like, ruined dude, our lives. Just I saw like, one I, guy. I he's like, you shit. ruined my watch that I was gonna do tonight. And I'm like, right, dude. If first off, if you're following the show and you don't know that she's in it, then you're brain dead because they literally fucking told you she was gonna be in it. Um, right. and then two, if that, if, if you feel so upset about it that you're going to come on my shit and comment, then please go at it. Just fucking keep commenting. You are, you're right. You're right. You are the social media guru. <laughs> I just, when it starts getting hairy again, you I'm going to start, po- I'm going to give them your, your home address. Oh dude. I don't respond. <laughs> don't do anything. You just let that ride. And then you let people get angry. And then, like you said, there'll be people on there that will come back at them on our behalf and say, you know what? Blah, blah, blah. You're such blah, all this other shit. I know. We'll, you're we'll right. have you're our right. own I defenders. Fucked I fucked up. I, I fucked up. <laughs> I'm paying for but it. It's okay. It's okay. I'm paying for it. Next time I'll have the picture. No, of I, I mean, let, let's be real. Five minutes after it drops. If you're that concerned over Mando spoilers, why the fuck are you going on social media? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get the people that are like, don't go on the internet at all. I mean, come on. You pretty much need the internet to live these days. But you you fully know what happens on certain pages on the internet. Yeah. So why are you going there? Bro, it's like, come on. Like, it's not like I, and it's not like that post even could had a ton of spoilers. It like it had her picture and like the right. comment, like the the post text on it was something that was like fucking forgettable. It was just like. Ahsoka Tano, it's, it has said her name or something like that. I, I, I don't like, know. Yeah, like I said, I fucked up. <laughs> Moving forward, you you spoil whatever you want. Yeah. And when someone fucking uh, docks me and they show up at my door <laughs> and the SWAT team kills me, then you'll know why. <laughs> uh, All right. Motherfuckers. Man. I, I just, I got heebie-jeebies from my video game days when I literally was doxxed and, and People were saying SWAT, SWAT, like oh all that stupid gosh. shit during Gamergate because of certain sites I was writing for. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you, you can never trust the nut jobs on the Internet. It's very but true. hey, Nick, it, he ain't fucking around. Like, that's one way to generate an audience. I guess we should start putting uh, spoilers in our, our YouTube videos because that's where I really need some more subscribers. <laughs> uh, Instagram takes kind of takes care of itself slowly but surely, but YouTube, that's where we, we need that thousand. Yeah. So, uh, I'll just start having you make the graphics <laughs> to put out there. It'll be like new characters and then literally the whole plot written out yeah, on the graphic. Yeah, type it out. <laughs> um, but all right, uh, we got one more little piece, and we already kind of hit on this anyway, before we get into the fan subject this week. This is the Morgan Elsbeth character info leak. I mean, I'm talking character right. info. It's, it's literally a half a sentence. Um, so the Lucasfilm official hairdresser that's on the Mandalorian set posted a picture of, uh, Diana Lee and Osanto on her Instagram and just kind of talked about like the, just a picture saying like, Oh, I did this Morgan Elsbeth. This was the, the caption for the image it says Morgan Elsbeth, AKA the magistrate, one of the last survivors of Dathomir hair by me, makeup yeah. by somebody else. And it makes sense because I think even Ahsoka, when she's talking about Morgan, she's like, listen, th- this person's been 
you know, got was fucked up in the Clone Wars and then just took her grief and instead of using it for good, went the opposite way yeah. and, and kind of committed her talents to calling planets for resources to fuel the Imperial Navy. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who are in the know, Dathomir is the home planet of the Night Sisters and the Night Brothers. I'm, I don't know. Like, we don't know of anybody else that lived on the planet outside of them. I'm sure that there were other people. So I'm not saying she was a night sister. Exactly. If, I don't think she is, but that, that has nothing to do with the fact she's one of the last death immediate. Yeah. It's, it's, so, I mean, who, who the fuck knows who she is? I mean, maybe she was trained by a night sister, but also all night sisters are, I don't even know if this is, if this is canon anymore, but they were rat attacky. And then they they went to Dathomir for their you know to to join the Night Sisters. But I think now they're all just Dathomirian. Like right. I mean, where, didn't they have some Zabraks that Zab- lived there Zabrax too? were all the Night Brothers. The Night Brothers were all Zabraki. Yeah. Um. But Asajj Ventress now, yeah. If you look at so this is a change that they made from Legends to current canon. Now, Asajj Ventress in Legends was listed as. A rat attacky. She was from Rat Attack. Well, yeah, she's got that that like the white uh-huh. alien skin, like Talzine. Yeah. There, and so basically, all your night sisters were Rat Attacky. Now Rat Attack doesn't even fucking exist. They're just Dathmerian. <laughs> They're just Dathmerians. Um, and that was it. Actually, they you list can fix her. Anything on the internet? Is this Wikipedia? This is the Star Wars wiki. Yeah. Well, they list her species as a Zabrak, which is weird. On. I don't know. They, they they have some conflicting information within their own shit here because they list her as a Zabrak, but she is definitely not Zabraki. They, she is by canon now Dathomirian. Um, she's another one of the sexy ladies of Star Wars aliens, at least. Asajj. Ventress, yeah. If you like, S- oh. I feel like uh, Ventress would be very S and M culture. Yeah, you, if, does anyone remember Mass Effect, I think, too, where you meet Jack, the character Jack, like the girl that has the buzzed head and everything? Yeah, yeah. She reminds me of her. She, yeah, she does. Jack and, and Ventress are very close. But uh, I also mentioned in there, just kind of giving you history on the Night Brothers and Night Sisters, they were basically all wiped out by Grievous and Dooku. The only surviving member of the Night Sisters is Marin. That's the, the Night Sister that you meet in Jedi Fallen Order. Right, and she was all whacked out and lonely, but eventually kind of comes comes uh, to her senses and doesn't think Cal's a complete dick. Yeah, came to the light. So, um, yeah, this is interesting. We don't really know what what happens with Morgan. Like, if she's was she wasn't put she down, she wasn't I killed. Mean, to, to what we know, are they, are they keeping her locked up in Caladan now that the real magistrate's back in power? Who knows? Will she come back? Uh, I do think it was neat that. It, Diana, you know, obviously has a connection to the Lees, but also has a deep martial arts background and it paid off in that duel. Yeah. Uh, and it just so happens our very own Devin James moderator took martial arts at the Inosanto Academy. Look at that. So basically what Super Scoundrel is telling us is that he is going to be a stunt actor in The Mandalorian right. Season 3. He, not only is he a real-ass painter extraordinaire, but he is also a ninja. Yeah. 
uh, Devin is going to be stunt acting for Ezra Bridger. So watch the fuck out. Don't say anything negative about his art or he may give you a throat chop. That's why you don't see any negative comments about Devin stuff because he just kills everybody that says something. Like <laughs> yeah. He just what, what was was it Bruce's thing like the the one finger punch right is that yeah. is it is that what we're learning in the Inosanto uh, Academy? Maybe. The, like you just touch him with your yeah. He's like he would like put uh, his hand like one right, inch, exactly. the one like inch punch. Just, that's what it was. That's it. It's the one inch punch. Yeah, that's the right. One inch punch. <laughs> it's a one inch punch. <laughs> So. I don't know why I'm thinking about this. Uh, I guess it's because this guy's kind of a martial arts dildo, but Steven Seagal, oh yeah. like, has anyone ever seen his video where like the, the Japanese guys are just 100% running and falling down at him? Yeah. Get, like, <laughs> like putting him over, like they're doing wrestling moves. Yeah. Like they're, they're getting Seagal over in front of an audience and like, they just walk up to him and he touches their hand and they're like, Wah! like <laughs> flipping violently on their back. Yeah. It's like, give me a break. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's so. Uh, but no, um, Diana Lee, she can fight. Yeah, no, she, she can, can fight, fight legit. Like she is an actual martial artist. Um, yeah. So that was the character leak there. I mentioned earlier that the post still exists, and I like I linked the post. Actually, never mind. She just full deleted the post. Uh, it's before, gone. Before <laughs> before today, the post still existed, but you could go through and read the comments, and all the comments were saying like. Oh, it's like she's Dathomirian. Like, what about like, you know, people were speculating within the, the comments of that post about her Dathomirian he- heritage. Um, but n- now she it's, it's gone completely. Um, gotcha. So, I mean, maybe that could hint that we're not done with this character yet, or at least her, the, the, the ties to Dathomir. I mean, obviously she was very loyal to Thrawn. Uh, so who knows? It was just another very interesting character we weren't expecting showed up and was was acted perfectly, scripted perfectly, uh, and now she is part of the universe, the canon. Yeah, we speak her name, the official Hoi. canon. Hoi. Hoi. Sorry, I'm practicing the one inch punch over here. I'm getting <laughs> ready for Devin. Yeah, apparently Devin used to be a rebel rouser. That's what oh, SW Props shit. is telling us here. <laughs> All right, buddy. It's not quite time for the top five, but we're getting there. It is time for the fan segment, though. So as we do here, we have no battle brackets to discuss, but we do have the fan question of the week, and we also have Matt's potty break time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to explode. Like I, I know I'm always moving here like I got ants in my pants, but this one is at the precipice, <laughs> my friends. It's, so, it's right at the tip. Uh, and sadly, I believe Bossa Jans is the first one up. It is. It's the number one. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I got to get through this. It seems like it might uh, be a little shorter than some other ones, but it's still pretty long. Uh, tones, no, we did not, but I'll, we'll say it now. Uh, R.I.P. Jeans guy, he has been he, digitally yes. wiped from S2E4. He's gone. Don't worry. He will live on forever. Yeah, they, they, they don't fuck around. Yeah, they got rid of it fucking quick. They, then look at Devin. No one's ever really gone. <laughs> 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 okay, let, let me get through this boss again before it's backing up so bad now I may shit my pants at the same time. There we go. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, I don't even know if I'll be able to put the emotion into this or I might squirt a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Whew, deep breath. Episode five, The Jedi. 
I don't care if the last episode of this series are fucking repeats of the 1978 holiday special because we have reached the summit, my angry little friends. We've slowly and methodically made our way up the mountain and we have reached the motherfucking peak. What an opus to Star Wars. Somehow, these mad genius cunts are dishing out material that we could only have dreamt about. Somehow, they have managed to give us movie, games, comics, and books all in one live-action eye-fest, and my eyes are hungry little whores for it all. We have callbacks to Season 1. We have callbacks to the PT. We have callbacks to the OT. We have callbacks to Books and Rebels. I imagine John and Dave standing there in short leather skirts and helmets yelling out, Are you not entertained? We have all this goodness, and yet I still see people hating on this. People bitching like whining little cunt faces about Ahsoka. Oh, she looks nothing like Clone Wars. Oh, her leku aren't long enough, and her horns aren't tall enough. Ahsoka wouldn't wear that. Fuck you! Who says the internet has ownership of this character in this series? I bet these are the same cunts that got all angry about Ahsoka being a girl in the Clone Wars. As we expected, it was handled with the care and attention to detail that we know Dave has for this character. And anyone that says differently can slide down a 15-foot razor blade and use their balls as brakes. Rosario slipped into those leku like they were a comfortable pair of gloves. She was perfect. We now have two versions of Ahsoka. Neither detracts from the other. It's all fucking Star Wars brilliance. And then they drop Thrawn! I never saw that coming. And it gave me shivers. Before the start of this season, when they were name dropping, I was like, for the love of Bane, stop with all the stars. But I stand here humble and corrected. Like a great meal, the seasoning needs to be just perfect, and this was about as perfect as it gets. We are at the peak, but then the clouds part, and we realize we are only halfway up this fucking mountain. Is it living up to my expectations? It seems my fucking expectations, which I felt were too high, are actually so low, and that this show is so good that the Mandalorian couldn't ever trip over them if it was puking in the fucking gutter drunk. Woo! Here we go. That is an opus yeah. from our man down under. I, I think he enjoys the show based off of that response. Yeah, he liked, I think he likes Mando and he really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, and, and those of you that were upset with my language, again, I'm playing a part there. Yeah, I'm that's, reading that's, someone else's. That is not Matt's words. Those are... Right. I mean, I like to say the F word a lot. I reserve the cunt word for specific yeah, situations. Those are our Australian <laughs> brethren that send us those... Naughty words. <laughs> All right, uh, Nick, I'm going to let you yes. take care of our buddy Tong Wars because I've got to let this yearn out. Indeed. So, so time out. Go ahead. Uh, up next, Tong Wars says the unexpected naming of Thrawn into canon was a jump out of my seat moment for me. He's by far my favorite character. I hope they do him justice whenever he finally appears on screen on whatever show he appears on. Tong Wars, if you are listening to this episode, which I hope you are, go watch Star Wars Rebels, my friend. That is where he first made his on-screen appearance, albeit an animation, but that was on-screen Thrawn for the first time. Check it out. He's very pivotal in, uh, in Rebels. And also, if you want canon Thrawn outside of the screen, make sure to pick up uh, Timothy Zahn's new Thrawn trilogy, plus the Chaos Rising trilogy that will be coming out 
uh, staggered throughout the next couple of years. Um, the first book of Chaos Rising is already out. The new Thrawn trilogy that takes the place of the old canon Thrawn trilogy is already completed. So check those out. Thrawn, Thrawn Alliances, and Thrawn Treason. So make sure to get on those. But Tong Wars is interested in Thrawn, as am I. Oh my god, that felt so good. Uh, yeah, so Tong Wars does not, he has not seen the, the uh, on-screen debut of Thrawn yet, so I was telling him, Rebels, Rebels. Yeah, I can, he- I can hear okay. you when I'm going pee-pee. It's, it's not like I ever leave the show. I'm just not no one's ever sitting really at my gone. mic. Right. <laughs> I should almost get a, a mobile mic, so I can, when I actually get up and go pee, I can keep talking like while you guys listen you to that grossness. You just hear Matt peeing the whole time, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a scumbag show. Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, Trent Hoff South says, Season 2 has been amazing. Episode 5 was a dream come true. My first party being the final part of the episode where Ahsoka having a Kill Bill-like duel, and Mando is having a Western uh, standoff. Dave Filoni killed it. Yeah, he did. I liked it. Yeah, it really was. It's like you, you had the two, the two girls, uh, you know, having their standoff, yeah. then you had the two dudes just kind of sitting there bumbling fucking each yeah. other, right? They're like, hey, man. You know what? The one thing that would have made that, that old West, like, stare down better is if it fucking tumbleweed just went across the middle of them. Yeah, they, yeah there you go. And then that, that was right when they drew. Or like a loath cat, like walked up, like and then ran away. <laughs> uh, Balance in the toys says the costume and, and environment design in this episode really stood out to me. Yeah, it was very different look from the typical uh-huh. Star Wars settings. S two has definitely surpassed my expectations and just keeps getting better. Yeah, I mean that's something that I mentioned about Corvus when we were talking about the Leku. Like, it's not a typical environment that you see in Star Wars. Like this kind of desolate. Almost no, like it, toxic it looking environment. The most artistic delivery of anything Star Wars I've seen. Yeah. Very just, just the way it was shot, everything, the the, the color, like just the, the color grading mm-hmm. or the tone, if you will, that they had for the episode, the the woods, how Ahsoka essentially would disappear like a ghost mm-hmm. unless her lightsabers were lit up, and then obviously the architecture. It really is a a, a visually uh, appealing, thrilling, whatever you will, episode. Yeah um all right so bat 2797 says yay more words and shit see look bat <laughs> bat's been in the in a live stream catching a live uh oh, yeah. live streams enough now to get in on the words and shit um he, he's he's dropping swts references yeah, the, whenever we get that we know we have found a super the fan. inside jokes he says so bat we speak your name so two seven so far season two has been great story has progressed nicely the action has been well paced and we have seen live action versions of Cobb, maybe Mythos, Boba, Bo, and of course Ahsoka. I really enjoyed episode 13, three, episode 13. I guess, yeah, if you're counting all the way from the beginning, 13, uh, the Jedi. Of course, the child has been named. Like it or not, Ahsoka has been revealed, Leku and all. But to me, the cinematography and direction of the episode we go. were my favorite parts. The visuals and imagery from go were spot on and there were at least four kodak moments quote unquote kodak i mean people who are like young people now if we have any young people who listen to this they're like what the fuck's a kodak moment liam liam has no clue what the fuck kodak it is, is a picture guaranteed. picture worthy moment <laughs> kodak is a type of film 
But I like how Bat put Kodak in yeah, quotes, kids, so he, he is taking that, that into account. Yeah. Uh, Dave really nailed this, and John continues to entice with superb storytelling. Yes, yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's. I'm glad we're getting some of these comments from the fans on just the look, because that's it, it, what I said at the onset, and when I kind of went through it. I mean, it is a perfect episode, uh, but as Nick kind of said, it didn't quite have that bing bang boom type of woo factor to it. It's weird, but it is it is perfection. Yeah, it is. It's really fucking hit every note so far. And it was it was hard to think during S1, like, man, how are you going to make this better? But like, clearly, like Filoni, Favreau, they had a, a plan the whole time. And it yeah, was they're, to, they're figuring it out. Yeah. And I think it's only going to get more like mind blowing, stand up, Papa Chubby, like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, kind of like that Thrawn moment. We're going to have more of those. I mean, how we, we've had a couple just this season. Yeah, I mean, the dark Cobb saber. Vanth walking in in the armor just like that. Yeah. Boba Fett staring at the twin sons. Yeah. Uh, the dark saber Bo-Katan just Bo-Katan. fucking showing yeah. up. Bo-Katan. Everything. Like, there, there's been so many of those, like, tease moments where it's like, you're now introducing things that could persist one season longer, two seasons longer. You know, right. you, you could have, you know, Thrawn may be the whole, like, the big bad for this whole series. Like we don't, we don't know yet. Uh, Mr. Jedi says for me, it was the Thrawn moment. I hope it opens the door for much more. Hopefully the search for Ezra and lots more. Uh, yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about Ezra. Uh, this, it just comes down to if Dave is fucking with us or not on that whole epilogue time. Yeah. Cause it really, it, it, things get squirrely. If, if you start to think that that takes place after after the Mandalorian, I mean, we don't know. I mean, we have always assumed that along with Thrawn comes Ezra, like the two are interconnected. <laughs> I, right. I, I don't know how we, you, you, you separate yeah, them at like, this point. I don't know how they would be separated. I don't know what could happen in wild space or the unknown regions that could pull those two apart to where they don't come back into the galaxy at the exact same time. But then again, that's also assuming that like for both of them to come back, they would either need to reconcile or right. they would need to just have a mutual truce for the time being until they got back. Like they, they would have to literally say to each, cause they were trying to kill each other. Like exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, what, what Ezra essentially did, he thought he was taking them both out yeah. at the same time, yeah, sacrificing and stuff. So like they literally have to come to a reconciliation, at least for the moment point to say like, okay, well we're still alive. <laughs> So while we're still alive in in God knows where, let's just put our differences aside for the exactly. time being until we can get back to planet side, wherever, get back to the core world. And then after that, we can continue to try to kill each other. So No, I'm with you. And I think we we've talked about yeah. that before when we were trying to, you know, pull shit out of our, our buttholes about Thrawn and Ezra and how they could be incorporated into the Mandalorian and you know, we we're like, oh, you'd probably need to tell their tale in cartoons, but I guess they don't. Dave's like, fuck you guys. Thrawn, <laughs> Thrawn lives, right? Yeah, Thrawn is he's, here. He's Thrawn's here. He's in the universe. And I, I don't think we're wrong or any fans wrong thinking that Thrawn and Ezra are, are bonded at this point. They, they are. They have yeah, to be. To some degree, yeah. they have to be bonded. Um, Eastwood Mando. I like that name. Uh, says the score. Matt, you've been talking about the score for a while. The score. I've never... Been a fan of the music in The Mandalorian. This was uh, that, the first. That's a rough statement there, Eastwood. I mean, I think the music's been great. Uh, it, ha- it has been. It's been really good. But he says, this was the first episode where I thought the music was appropriate, well composed and orchestrated, and served to enhance the storytelling. I even appreciated the quiet instrumentation of the Rocky theme 
when Mando <laughs> was about to say goodbye to the child. Did that actually happen? I, probably. I mean, really, the I think the at least the biggest musical surprise in this episode is we got that slight hint of Yoda's theme when she name drops yeah. him. Yeah. That was, somebody brought uh, that but up. No, I, they actually, it, I think it just came out. It's the Mandalorian collection for season two, episode one through four. Mm. And I threw it on this weekend when I was, I was setting up a, a rack for my gym. It's fucking great because at this point, you know, I'm someone that once I hear a, a score, I can immediately Picture. tie it to the scene. Yeah. And if you listen to that, that, that the album, it's only 50 minutes long. It starts right with Mando and Grogu walking up to the fight club. Then you get the fight club music and you can envision uh, the gore, whatever his name was, running out and getting captured. Then it moves into right when you land on Tatooine. It's just like you're almost reliving the Mandalorian through the musical themes. So, exactly. Uh, I'm a big Ludwig guy. Uh, his his themes aren't long. Like I said, so far he's only done about 50 minutes of music. Um, but there, and that's kind of what the the first season album was total yeah. as well. But it's just so unique the, in the Star Wars world. Like that, it is. That it, he mixes thing. in like some beats, some electronic music, but also honors some Williams themes and the Mandalorian theme song. The 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 title theme, the da, 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 the Rocky, whatever you call it. That that one gets me. It's uh, it's 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 just like the Force theme now, or Leia's, or Luke's theme. It's one when I hear it, I just get extremely hyped. Uh, yeah, emotional. It's not like, oh, I hate myself. It's just like I get pumped up. Yeah. I'm like, this just makes me happy because it's Star Wars and it's excellent Star Wars. Yeah. And it sometimes is nice to feel emotions. I tend to shut them off as much as possible. But Star Wars music and now The Mandalorian, thanks to Ludwig, can also get me to feel like a human. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. That's <laughs> the key right. word. Uh, next up is Black Series Bonanza. This is the last one for the questions. He says, The Thrawn tease was more exciting to me than anything else. We all knew Ahsoka was going to be in this ages ago. So as cool as it was, there wasn't anything surprising about that. The idea of having Thrawn possibly in live action is awesome. I mean, that is big. Like, as big as Ahsoka is to this series, we knew, I mean, you kind of know that, like, package deals happen with with rebels characters you know like because of the way that rebels ended even regardless of whether or not the epilogue takes place or before or after well yeah we, we thought sabine would be tied to Ahsoka. yeah like we figured if you get ahsoka you get sabine if you get ahsoka you know and sabine then you get thrawn and ezra if you get thrawn and ezra then <laughs> you're essentially telling your rebels sequel through the mandalorian it's going to be interesting to see if Sabine comes in. Maybe, fuck, maybe episode six, some, somehow Sabine finds her way in this motherfucker. Like, who knows? She is a, she is a Mandalorian. She would know about Bo-Katan. Yeah. And, you know, she, she has links to all of this other I, shit as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, the longer we've been kind of expelling hot air, I, I, I do think, like we said, we're going to get, I think Gideon's coming back next episode. Yeah. I, I, I do. So. I am thinking there's going to be some sort of exchange but uh, you know i'm also going back to and, and i think tones or someone brought this up and i know i did read this from dave but this season he has alluded to is kind of like their empire strikes back which would lend itself to having the, the, the gut punch yeah. ending the dark ending yeah for sure <laughs> i don't i don't i don't want to deal with it man 
I, I unlike the intern, I love Grogu. I love him. <laughs> and if he is in harm's way and separated from his dad, it's gonna fuck me up. Yes, that it, it will be a tough ending to deal with if that's how it goes down. But we will see. But yeah, I mean, Thrawn was clearly the big winner of this episode, yeah. and and I think yeah. Black Series hits the nail on the head with it. This is one character even us nuts can probably say we did not see coming. Yeah, I mean... Uh, there was really no rumors or leaks. I mean, yeah, we, we were talking about the Ezra stuff even just a few episodes ago when Rahul Cooley was doing all the trolling. And hell, maybe he is really the guy at this point. It, it, it makes a lot more sense now than it did back then when he was trolling everyone about him playing Ezra. It fucking definitely uh, does, yeah. But we, we knew Ahsoka was going to be here. I mean, even the, the, the episode title gave that away, but we've known this for months at this point. Yeah. Months. But the, the Thrawn drop was one of those moments where you just go, holy shit, what? Yeah. What? It's like, what? We're, we're actually getting into this. Like, we're, like, it was one of those things where you could speculate on it, but you had no evidence as to yeah, whether it, it was going to happen. It, it was kind of like the Darksaber reveal last season. Yeah. We were like, all right, Gideon, okay, he survived the, the crash. Makes sense. He's the, he's the bad guy. But you see that, that fucking blade stick through the, the pot of the, the hall of the TIE fighter, and you're like, what? And you're like, what? What? <laughs> what? What are they doing? Yeah, and that just fucking turned shit on its head. So, yeah, interesting, ah, interesting stuff. The Mando, we love you. Lots of all stuff right. to come. Um, so that is ye old fan segment. Yes, and that brings us into the top five Star Wars fan artist bingo features of the week. And this is a Matt shit on himself week, as he likes to oh, say. Oh no, it's one of those times. It's one of those times. So mm. Matt, gird your loins. Ooh, I, I think. I mean, I guess we'll we'll get a poll here in the live stream. But should we kill the Matt shit on himself segment and either just open it up to more plus ones or <laughs> Matt critique other people? I, I just feel like once we get to that shot everyone's glossed over and, and ready to die anyways after spending three hours listening to this dumb shit. Uh, I guess we'll see if we get any feedback, but yeah, I'll try to tear myself a new a-hole, I guess. There we go. All right, so. All right, here we go, man. Who'd you pick this week? First up this week is at Lensamenon, L-E-N-S-A-M-E-N-A-N. They've been in the top five before, and of course it is a... It kicks off the top five with a Ahsoka scene. Oh, yeah. Hey, speaking of repeats, I think it was Bat was giving you shit today. He's like, hey, guys, I've already followed all these. You need to start fe featuring new artists in there's the top five. There's no fucking way. I mean, there's probably <laughs> two people in here that he's followed for sure. Maybe three with Lensamen because we've we featured. But there's two brand new features in here. So don't give me shit, Bat. These are two. There's two new people in here. Um, I hope it was bad. Otherwise, I just ratted, ratted, ratted somebody else. The wrong person out. So. <laughs> uh, look, look, Jason in here. Give yourself more credit, Matt. Look at that. What did you, I say Jason. now? He says that you always, you were always just talking about how you have to shit on yourself. Oh, no, no. I, I, that's just, I'm just wondering if at that point in time, people are, are so bored of the show because we talk forever. And at that point, we're not really honoring anyone else. It's just me talking about myself again, which is really most of the Star Wars time yeah, show. It's, it, I mean, let's be real. It should just be called Matt's Bitch Off Fest. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should be. Um, but anyway, this shot from... No, yeah, this, this Lensman shot's pinned. Yeah, this Clearly is Clearly a, a scene recreation here of, of Ahsoka's debut in The Mandalorian. Yep. Uh, using the Hasbro figure and either a custom robe, or I think a lot of people have been using angry old man Luke's robe. Okay. 
uh, to make some of these Ahsoka shots. But I wonder if this it's is just. A- it- it's just nice, subtle lighting. Practical background uh, or not? Because I, I think that's a digi okay. background. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they they match the light pretty well there, and you know you get the good glow on the sabers. There's some nice soft proofing there to uh, make make it look a little uh, like a little atmosphere is going on. Yeah. But yeah, it's just good posing. It's it's a, it's a nice shot. I I like obviously I like static type of shots. That that's my thing. Uh, but I like lighting that's something else i try to work on in my shots because that's that's really all i got going for myself i'm not going to take the time to pose although shit i had a 2600 like post last week people yeah you shared that with me where the fuck did that come from it's like i I guess i should do more scenes and really if you want to the scene was horrible (laughs) i'll show it to you when i'm on my pick but if you look at the scene the scene made no sense you had a stormtrooper firing into a door a scout trooper looking at a dead IG-11, and then Mando and Din just casually walking in between them. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? (laughs) But people liked it, so now I know what I got to do. I actually have to set up fucking scenes and take my time. Damn it, it, right? Um, So yeah, Lens and Menon really, really did kill this scene recreation right off the back of the episode with Ahsoka as well. So lots of love for Ahsoka (laughs) in the toy pick community and just in the general community. There are so many. I mean, that's another one. 710 likes on this shot. Really? Yeah, that one went far. But uh, I mean, come Friday, Saturday, I've been getting bad on Fridays and not even doing fucking features yeah, because he's like fuck the community i'm gonna i mean i basically spend five (laughs) hours of my early morning working on videos and and talking on discord that uh by by the time i'm done with all this shit i gotta do real work and then when that's over it's like five o'clock you know it's 5 30 somewhere to where you can just chill on the features while you're doing everything else that you're doing What's my post like record, Matt? That would be it, Kev. Twenty six hundred just happened. I've been doing this for years, so I'll take it. Yeah, that's hey, uh, man. That's I, IG is. It's not friendly to all of us. Sometimes it's quality issues. I'm not saying all my shots are fantastic and deserve thousands, uh, but I am surprised when they when they reach that. Just because I'm I'm one of those accounts that uh, IG tends to hide from most people. Yeah. But it's not about me. It's about at. Lenza Menon. Yes, L-E-N-S-A-M-E-N-A-N on Instagram. Great shot. Showing some love to our force goddess. But those of you that are hunting for a big like fest, I have found Spoilers, on sorry. Mondays and Thursday nights, if you post a Mandalorian-related shot, it's going to get more exposure than you're used to. Interesting. So the day I I don't know if it's because Thursday people are excited because it's it's Mando Eve. Monday is a hashtag Mando Monday in the community. So I think that helps with it. But I've had Mando shots pop into the thousands because I put them out on a Monday or a Thursday before a new episode. Yeah. All right. This next next shot here is from at work, more or less. (laughs) And we were this motherfucking guy. Yeah, I do. There is so much detail into the shot that I want to break down that blows my fucking brain. So, so Tones was talking about the the R.I.P. jeans guy. Well, it, he right. will live on forever through at work more or less a shot here from the it's just absolutely crazy the, the scene recreation from Carl Weathers scene. Uh, you know, episode episode four in Mando season two. So we see you see the the cast up there. They're doing like they were doing. And then Jason comes in into the uh the Gene guy spot, gives a nice wave, 
But what what's mind blowing about this is look at uh, Jason's body. Yeah, his, it's an action figure. Body. Yes, it is an action. Even his shirt looks like an action figure right. piece the of only, garb. The only thing he kept somewhat organic looking is his, is his arm and face. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. Look at, look at what he says in the chat. Look at that silly bastard's face. Like, I don't know I, how he did that. Like, if he actually used, like, a figure well, I'll body. I'll explain it to you. It's in my caption. Yep. At work, more or less, is one creative mf Yeah. That's how he did it. Like, he looks Here, like... Let's go take... Let's take a tour, because I, I, th- I think he did give a, a behind the scenes in the actual post. <laughs> it's fucking insane. <laughs> it's just... Obviously, Blue Jeans guy became a hero in the community. It's the fact that Jason then goes, oh, ding, ding, ding. I'm going to do this in toy photography with myself. That, that's, that's, uh, the, that's where these guys excel beyond people like myself. Yeah, it's, that is. It's, it's absolutely insane. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and recreate this with myself. Yeah, so he- <laughs> uh, but here, here we go. So look at there. We'll do a close up of, of the Jason action figure. Look at him like, hey, guys. I love it. I want. I want a work more or less action figure. Three D print that shit. Apparently, Gina shared this. Yeah, yeah. She um, she either liked it in her stories or shared it in her stories. She also a guy that I'd like to either get on the show or actually become a fan. Uh, is Blainer things, mm. and he did some art of Rosario as Ahsoka. Actually, he, I mean, he doesn't tag us, so I missed some of his posts. So I wish he'd tag us. Jason, get get Blainer to start adding us, <laughs> especially on like his Mattel or his Hasbro concept art that he's done for action figure characters. But he did one for uh, Ahsoka, and Rosario got a hold of it and started passing it around. Okay. So uh, definitely tag these people. You, you never know when they're they're gonna find it and do something with it. I've only had I've had Mark Hamill like a few of my shots. Uh, I, I've never had them shared, so yeah, that's awesome. But I, I'm trying. I know. Here we go. Yeah, it, it's it's um homeboy from Jurassic Park yeah, is the base. Owen, Owen, yeah, from Jurassic World. Yeah, it's and just, then, it, dude, you know, it's nuts because it up. looks so real. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just looks so fucking good. Like uh, it, it, it blows my mind. I like the last video is, is Jason doing the smile like on his big screen. Yeah. And that's that's the best thing about at work, more or less. The guy never hides his secrets. Okay, <laughs> he tells you. How he to he do shows it. us all how to do it. Now, could you recreate this based on what he showed you? Maybe. Would you have the idea for this shot? That that is where at work, more or less, excels. Yeah, it's the idea, and then he can execute it with a level of excellence. Yeah. Just so. Uh, so this was just a fucking. It was it was funny as hell. I remember when I saw. It, I was like, Jesus Christ, Jason. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is fucking. <laughs> oh, mag- you did it again. One. Magic. You did it again. Uh, at work, more or less, on IG. Go give him a follow if you're not already. It's just he is. He is a creative <laughs> genius when it comes to this type of stuff. So. It, absolutely hilarious. And again, we almost need a T-shirt of of Jason's blue jeans guy doing that that smile and wave, like hello, <laughs> hello yeah. there, right? Oh, it's great, perfect. Um, all, right. all right, up next we have at Sabby S A B Y draws on Instagram, and this is like a like a collage image of all. Yeah, I, I just pieces I of- grabbed all of his uh, live action Ahsoka. Uh, paintings i guess real ass paints yeah 
because they're they're fucking money. I mean, he he essentially and Nick, you correct me if if my thinking's off here, but he essentially drew Ahsoka as a live action character, but put her into at least two scenes from the Clone Wars final season yep. when she's on that speeder bike and when she's fighting Maul, mm-hmm. and then he also redid her Rebels. fight with Vader. Yeah. And then what he thought would be the first meeting of her and Grogu. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, when I look at this, it's hard for me to conceive that this is paint because this looks uh, like, yeah, man, it's like sculpture almost. Yeah. Maybe it's computer generated. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like this stuff breaks my brain. I mean, Jason's stuff also makes my head hurt when I think, like, wow, creativity, that's something neat. But when I look at this, it's like, oh, well, fuck me. This guy could sit there and pull out whatever tools he used and, and show us exactly how he did it, and not many of us could do it. Yeah. Like, this again, this is a this is a universe-given ability. You're born with this shit in your blood. Yes, going to school and practicing it will make you even better, uh, but I still contend with a lot of the art forms, and I'll, I'll include programming in that. You have to be fucking wired for this shit. Yeah. Or you will never be an expert. You, you might be able to dabble in it, but if you're not born to program or write code, you're never going to be that good at it. If, you, if you're not born to create art with your hands, you're never going to be that awesome at it. It's like a gene that these people get. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful work. And so he's Sabi. His name is Sabi uh, Menyehi. I'll pull up the Menye. account for the live stream. And he is here. the lead artist at a, uh, at a VFX company called dneg or deneg oh there you go so it is digital yeah, art so v- but still so a this talent is like actual vfx art and this is he actually has certificates of authenticity for these prints so these are i'm, I'm assuming actually commissioned yeah acme archives limited yeah uh so this guy's the real deal it, it's insane he only has six thousand followers yeah, maybe he doesn't post that much but yeah i mean um, he, he that th- this kind of shit is like like if you were to see an like a like a CGI animated version of Ahsoka. This is essentially what you would see. This is what it would be. It's all listen listen to Jason in the in the chat. It's all in the M count. It's all That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, you you guys do have higher M counts than me and Matt. Yeah. Like me, me and, and Matt. And Nick and I could use some of that. Like I'm gonna Gideon your asses. Yeah, he'll 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 be the Pershing, I'm Gideon. And, and here we go. Yeah, so I need some of that M. I mean, this shit. I mean, I would love to see. Look, seeing seeing live action Ahsoka is fantastic, wonderful to see. I mean, sh- shit like this. If we were to get like a like a like a Knights of the Old Republic like Swotor CGI style of animation movie in in this form, this would. I mean, it would be fucking mind blowing. Like something yeah. like this. The one of her on that speeder bike is just nuts. She looks that's so probably ripped. My, my favorite. Yeah, I mean, she looks like a boss. Yeah. I mean, she looks like she could fuck people up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm not gonna lie, little, little, it's turning me on a little yeah, bit. Little it's turning me on a little bit. Matt's got a half I, mask. He probably on gave her. her, probably made her her bosoms a little too big. But <laughs> that's what guys do. Yeah. It's it's excellent stuff. At at Sabi draws on Instagram, yeah. Mac Daddy. Uh, beautiful stuff. So next up, we have another big boy making the top five. This is at one six shooter for his. Ah, <laughs> the I was wondering which one you picked because 
I I loved Trevor's Vader tribute because it was it was basically all black with just one light on on the Dark Lord of the Sith. It was a beautiful crisp shot. Yeah. Uh, but I forgot he had this crossover with Gomez. <laughs> oh man, this I'll, I'll probably have to explain this yeah, one you to you. Are. You're gonna have to break it down. I'm not character. sure what I'm seeing here. I know this is the Mandalorian to me. It's just like him playing off of the dr Mandible. well all right now this will be a little short little story but most toy collectors will have an inkling of of what we're looking at here at least the hardcore nuts like myself um Mez- mezco 112 collectors in particular uh nick but what he's doing here and i, I can't tell i think that's the figure arts mandalorian body but the head you're looking at that is a character called gomez uh, he's been created by the people over at Mezco. They make high-end 112 figures. I own a few of them. I need to sell a few of them <laughs> because I bought them thinking I'd take pictures, and now they just lay on my table. But he's kind of like their their mascot. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are drawn to Mezco, in particular the 112 uh, line, 112 Collective, because of the quality of the figure like everything is soft goods base like you're getting fully hand stitched uh, jackets pants you get a ton of accessories and gomez is like their their mascot character he, he's one that always gets released in limited quantities and people you know are, are tripping over themselves again pre-ordered i finally have one still have never taken a shot of him but <laughs> but that's what it is and then the little guy in there that's a mini mezit of of gomez so that's an actual <laughs> character that I, I don't know if trevor did painting on these guys i'm assuming i was gonna ask yeah because uh, painted the actually painted the head silver and and, and painted the uh mezits uh green but <laughs> it's a perfect crossover mashup of these toy collecting lines Dude, this, so this, he did the, the star wars mash with mezco and you get the mandalorian it, this makes me think of like rick and morty where they would like go to the alternate universes where like everybody was a different <laughs> creature or something like that like yeah this is such Th- this would be like you know in in uh the family guy yeah. or where they where they lampoon or parody star wars this would be like an episode in Mezco 112 Collective's comic book land yeah, yeah. Where, where they'd be uh, paying homage to the Star Wars franchise. And this would be a fantastic character to star in that property. It just looks so perfect. Like it, it looks, even though it is kind of a kit bash with the Gomez head and then the, the Mando body, like it, everything flows so well that if you, like if you looked at this and you didn't know what the Mandalorian was, at right. all you'd be like holy shit that looks pretty cool like what are these characters like you would have no idea that this was like two things smashed together um yeah so i was just blown away at how seamless this whole thing looks and how cool the the concept was for it so um at one six underscore shooter on instagram for those of you who aren't following already <laughs> you should be um well done well done one of our one of our favorites Oh yeah, I mean, I just like I, I feel like Trevor should sell this concept. Who to fucking deleted? Mezco. Oh, he did he delete his own message? Who? Uh, Trevor. Oh yeah, he. Did. I think he had a he had a typo. Oh God, Trevor. <laughs> <clears throat> Painted them both. He says. Okay, there we go. Yeah. No, dude. I mean, it's it's a fucking sick looking shot. I really like it. Uh, at once. I'm assuming the head stuck on there with some sticky tack because I believe the Mezco head joints are way bigger than the figure arts neck pegs. Okay. Unless that's Black Series Din, but I don't think it is. Gotcha. Well, 
anyway, beautiful work. Yeah, it's another one. Like again, just like work more or less. These guys sit down Concept and thing. think of this shit, yeah. M count it, and then execute. Yes. Me, I'm like, oh, I got the incinerator trooper. I'm gonna stand him on a table and take a picture. Matt, Matt and I have like <laughs> the M count of like trees, you know, because everything has the force. Yeah. It's no, I'm like, I'm like a bantha. Yeah. That's my <laughs> like, M count. I don't think they have any. Yeah. You're 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 a you're a toydarian. You're you're like fucking Watto. Oh, they're they're Bossajan's showing up late. He's 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 on break. He's he's done making food for the There we bit. go. Bossajan's in here for the last five minutes of the show. All right. Last up in the top five. That was at one six underscore shooter on IG. You know, uh, I see you what up. you did. I, I teased my own damn shot, you son of a gun. You, you I see what you did. down a little too far, but we're not there yet. We got one more left. This is at <laughs> Zane Reese Visions. On Instagram, Z-A-N-E-R-E-E-S-E Visions on Instagram. And this is a really awesome shot to pay tribute to the uh, end of Season 7 of the Clone Wars. So we see a 332nd Trooper helmet stuck in some snow. But then if you look really closely, you see in the visor, you see Vader kind of looking down, just like the end of Season 7 of the Clone Wars, where he shows up on the planet he can see, he sees kind of the, the graveyard for the 332nd that Ahsoka put together. And then you see overhead, you see the Morai flying. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I believe it's a, a recreation yeah. of, of the end scene. I mean, you, you do kind of get this and it, it's done well. I don't know if it's all digital, but again, we don't just feature Star Wars toys, any form of Star Wars art. I guess I should put out the announcement. We usually do just in case there are new listeners, which we hope there are each week. The army's got to go out and build it. We got a few new in the chat, so it's working a little bit. All my crying and whining. So the, it was a custom 332nd, and okay. then it was Black Series Vader. Got you. So it is a mix of, yeah. of figures and then probably some digital manipulation. Yes, yes. So, I mean... I, but in the end, again, if, if, if you make Star Wars anything, farts, <laughs> doesn't matter. You can fart the theme song. Send us yes. the audio. <laughs> sing star wars meme star wars i mean sw props is getting in the meme game he hits us we, we'll throw him in the stories you know we're, we're all about sharing fun star wars stuff yeah. but if you do want to get into the top five and all this fun stuff it's typically stuff like stuff stuff let me say stuff again visual stuffy stuffy stuff visual art yeah, i'm gonna have to re-listen to this segment because my uh, i'm losing it it's starting to get the three hour pass where the brain tongue nothing this works is a, together this is a long one this is and i just start saying the same shit over and over again <laughs> uh but yeah anyways whatever i was saying who cares at zane reese visions yes uh, at Zane Reese Visions on Instagram. Beautiful job. Oh, I, yeah. If you want to get into the top five or featured on our account on Instagram, tag, tag the account at Star Wars Time Show. Remember, hashtags don't work. They're not in order. So if you hashtag us, there's a chance right now I will not see it until they fix that. It's not broken. They're just, they turned it off on purpose because of idiots and uh, some morons that think disinformation yeah. is real life. Zane's got a really good... Uh nihilist shot recently too yeah no zane zane's zane's had a, a few good ones i mean he's he's made two features here now yeah so beautiful beautiful uh, work at zane reese visions on it yeah so tag tag at star wars time show and use hashtag star wars time show in all shots there we go all right and if you forget it i'll try my best not to think it is a personal slight <laughs> although i have issues with That's that true. so all right, Matt. Deal with it. it. It's your shot breakdown, and you've already kind of teased the you shot. You called it. You, I know. I was like, damn it. He picked 
my most liked shot yeah. ever. Of course, this is a momentous occasion for Matt. This it is was. a huge it like was. shot. Two thousand over two thousand. Insane. Like it, it made no sense. And like here, here's where I'll be critical. At least things that I look at after the fact. I'm like, oh my god, this thing's janky as hell. I really think the reason this one went is because of the loath cat. I'm not fucking around. Really? You think that the loath cat It's not cat even the main focus, much? but it's it's not something people have seen. I bought one of them from Aces Film Models okay. and I've tried to use them in background shots as much as I can. Uh, other things that I think are wonky in the shot. It's not fucking straight. The building literally looks like it's tipping because I didn't have the the camera lined up properly. <laughs> okay? Yeah, but people can you know, see that, that now that, when I no point it out. No foundation on Navarro or Tatooine is completely flat. <laughs> the motherfucker's all, leaning. <laughs> it's all desert the barrel's plans, leaning. Man. Every building's sinking. But, but like I said, <laughs> if you just look at the scene, yeah. right? The scene composition, while it may be in the rule of thirds, makes no fucking sense. <laughs> you got one homeboy shooting into a dark doorway. Okay. Mando's got his gun out, but he's taking a stroll with the kid in his other arm. Like, hey, whatever. The Empire's right next to me, but hey, who gives a shit? We're just leaving the place. It wasn't us, right? The, the scout trooper's over there looking at a downed IG droid, and then the loath cat's just hanging out. I, th- I think you're reading a little <laughs> too much into it. I think the composition as a whole, while the individual pieces may seem like disconnected, I think you have to look at it kind of like Jason said. Like, the lighting, on point, beautiful. The atmospheric effects with the dust on the bottom half of the, of the image coming up towards the right, beautiful. I mean... The, the posing of Mando, perfect. Holding yeah, better. the better child. I, 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 I mean, like... I'm not going to lie. I, I, you I hit, don't quite hate the posing in this shot. Yeah, no. Like, you hit... Like, yeah, you're nitpicking. Like, oh, well, this guy's not... Do, do, like, the, the things that people are doing does, don't make sense. But, like, you hit on a lot more than you've theoretically missed on, in my opinion. I, I'm not... I mean, it is... I'll tell you. I, I just... I don't like patting myself too much. It is a decent shot. That it made it to 2,600, that, that is unheard of. I mean, before this, I think the highest I made it was 1,600. Uh, but this is it. This is where I started. This is my comfort zone outside. Yeah. Using the universe's light is my favorite way to shoot toys. It just, I don't know, it makes things feel more organic. Uh, obviously, you can enhance it with other lights. I still believe I had some loom cubes out for this shot. Uh, but, the, but natural light and the way it can enhance atmosphere, be it aerosol or blowing uh, particles, dust, dirt, whatever, the, the sunlight just captures it unlike any other light source. Uh, so I will give you that. But I'm, I'm always going to look at shit after the fact. And even when I'm done, because, you know, when we're out there and we've got them lined up in the viewfinder, they're somewhat small. And you're like, oh, sweet. Looks pretty good. And then when you, you, you're starting to go through all your shots. And I'm like, fuck. The building looks so crooked. I mean, <laughs> like, dude, you got to line shit up. And I'm like, well, Din looks somewhat straight. It is what it is. I released it last Monday on a Mando Monday during a dumbass toy pop session because anyone out there, if you don't like the traction you get, you've got to at least get in the toy pop stuff. Tones, I know it's probably too late for you. But that that's really the only way to get any sort of traction if your account is in IG jail. Because during Toy Pops every night, right now, at least in the States, it's going down 10 p.m. East. There's Toy Pops and then there's TPC, the Toy Pick Community or something. Uh, Spencer, I believe, admins for them. It is a way to get some cheap action. 
All right. I look at it as cheating. You shouldn't have to release a shot during a, a known tag fest where people are supposed to go like to get traction. But if you want to see some numbers, you got to drop it during these sessions. Um, very rarely will I have a shot do anything outside of a session. So it is what it is. But like I said, drop your Mando shots on Mondays or Thursdays while Mando is in season. Yeah, man. I mean, clearly this resonated with people for some reason. I mean, in your opinion, it might be the Lothcat, but I think I think the Lothcat is probably the the most easily passed over part of this. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's like in the community, people look at the little stuff and something they haven't seen before. Typically, we'll start getting comments. And just like your spoiler post, I think this one took off because it was getting actual comments, not just yeah. like uh, emojis. And we've heard what you got to do, like four words or more for Instagram to actually credit a comment as a legit interaction. Jesus. And uh, it, it kind of takes things off. So, yeah, I mean, but this was clearly a, a special shot for your account. So. And I, yeah, of course I picked, this is your most liked shot. And I figured that you would have some nice things to say about it, but apparently I was wrong. I did. I said it was all right. (laughs) Kev's asking how I did the dust. This one, this may be some just good old use a drain blaster and have some uh, dry dirt in in the, in the background and and just shoot it out. Or it was atmosphere aerosol. Yeah. So there we go. I can't remember which one. There we go. It was one of those two. That's the... That's the Haywood Pop Shot Breakdown of the Week. Excellent shot. That's the top five. Oh, shit. That's why we love Tones. It's 3 a.m. in the UK right now. You're a little crazy there. And and our man is sitting here loyally listening to the full show. I guess he has a day off. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, we we love that guy. We love Tones. Man, what a Going going through some shit, but he is a dedicated Star Wars Time Show fan, always in the Discord, getting some conversations going. We speak your yeah. name and then look uh jesse uh showed up at the last minute everything yeah they're all showing up they're like holy shit you idiots are still talking i yeah, see but- we're going at we're almost three and a half hours in and you guys are right what are we doing so we're gonna end, end it, it. end right? it here it's over it's over trevor said he thinks it makes a story i'll take it if he's a pro i'll accept it um it did, it did make me feel good about myself and it is something that motivates me to do more detailed scenes the problem is now, living where I live, I don't think I'm going outside anytime soon to shoot. So I'm going to have to figure out how to get some of this stuff going on down the inside basement, which means I'm just going to give myself a tumor by inhaling fog smoke or atmosphere aerosol for hours on end. <laughs> anytime I shoot my basement, Nick, with that shit, even though I try to open the, the storm window, my, my kidneys start to hurt in liver from processing all the toxins. Yeah, man, you got to... A little less. Maybe just bring some dirt inside with you. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't know New Zealand and Australia were that far, at least time zone wise. Even there, they're about three hours apart. I did not. I guess that's kind of like the U.S. It's fine. Like we, we have people that watch us at all times of the day. I mean, Greg is up at before real life even begins. Kevin, New Zealand, it's like lunchtime tones it's his nightcap literally Uh, for other people that that you know live in the united states it's them blowing off their job Yeah, various times Uh, yeah you got you got to dig it but it is time to say say goodbye i I think we've we've given you enough yes we've said it all as they say nick we've said it all so 
uh, let's go ahead and do that little dance, the Star Wars Time Show Shuffle. And that is going over to, hey, an ad on the website. No, that's going to the homepage, StarWarsTime.net, where you can get all you need to know about the Star Wars Time Show. You can meet the team, which is just myself and Nick and the intern. He doesn't do anything, but we kept him on board because that's what interns <laughs> do. But you can also find our content, the videos that no one watches, the posts that no one reads. We dedicate ourselves to the Star Wars so you all don't have to. Because there's always time for Star Wars time. That's why we need you to go to StarWarsTime.net. You know, maybe hit it every day. Give us a cheap hit. You never know what could be on there. But you will know how you can subscribe to the podcast because we've got all the links you need on StarWarsTime.net. Apple, Spotify, Android, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, RSS, you name it. You can even get it through email if you want it that way. You can download the episodes for all we care. It's all free. We also want you to check out our YouTube channel while you're on StarWarsTime.net. That way you'll never miss one of these excellently long-winded Star Wars Time Show live stream events. Pretty much every Tuesday. The way the holiday has fallen for uh, December, it looks like we're going to be able to cast through that unless Nick goes a-traveling. So we don't stop because there's always time for Star Wars time. Say it again. You know it's true. So please, help us out. We don't ask for donations. We just ask for the fandom. We ask for interaction. Hit up our Discord. You can find that link through our Instagram page. Hit the link tree. That Discord link should work. It will bring you right into the hive of scum and villainy that is the Star Wars Time Show Discord server. Interact with us on Instagram. Join in the live streams. This, I am told by other Star Wars fans, is an enjoyable experience. I still do not believe them because of the low numbers, and I will not stop bitching about the low numbers because I know deep down we are pretty damn good at what we do. But 630 subs on YouTube? Bleh! That's vomit. It's embarrassing, like I said last week, but I'm not going to go into that shit. It's going to get better. Spencer's lining up some other interviews. We may have another person that worked on The Mandalorian coming to the Star Wars Time Show. We got Lauren Mary Kim scheduled for later in December. We might be talking to the GTP Toys creators about the Space Walls and their Tanti 4 project that has been blessed by Disney. We're trying. All we ask is a little promo in return. Trick your friend, trick your enemies, trick your aunt, trick your dog. Tell them about the Star Wars Time Show. All you got to tell them, StarWarsTime.net. That's where they can get subbed up. That's where they can find the YouTube. That is where they can rot their brain on Star Wars Time. And yes, there is always time for Star Wars Time. And like you all know, at least the longtime listeners, longtime first time, right? We got a lot of longtime first times here. We had a few longtime first times in the live chat today. But they all know that if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.